Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude? Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude? Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude? Jets and the Chargers, so no Ty God Williams for you this week. And that's nice because now that's only four, and we're bet we're through the week nine and ten, which in my opinion on my teams were the real kind of big zone where I was a little bit stressed out and hadn't having to fill in it. But guys, you know, guys that are killing it right now with the Melvin Gordon and other and Julio guys like that are not playing this week, so uh, plan accordingly. Exciting game, I think, on Thursday night. Should be ha- has all the makings for a good one. They've thrown out a lot of duds at us this year, and um, this one's going to be good. So you got the Saints are heading down to Carolina to play the Panthers. What do we? Uh, we'll start with the away team first. Saints. God, I love you. You go for us, thanks. Well, the good thing about this game is it's sort of an interdivision game, but we're seeing two of the best quarterbacks in football, arguably. 
And, and that's just great because we really haven't seen a matchup of two premier signal callers on a Thursday night this season. So hopefully this is a little bit of a get-right game for the NFL. It's got a high over-under right now uh, of 51 points. So they're expecting a shootout. I'm expecting a shootout. So when I talk about the Saints, I'm talking about playing pretty much every single one of them, especially you know the passer and the pass catchers. You're definitely going to play Drew Brees. Home road splits be damned here. Carolina has given up boatloads of fantasy points to opposing QBs this season. You definitely want to play him. We saw Brandon Cooks go off in the first matchup for 173 yards and a tutty. So that guy's definitely in play. Michael Thomas also scored in that game. And interestingly enough, both Kobe Fleener and Josh Hill scored in their last matchup. I don't think either of the tight ends are playable just because of what we've seen out of Kobe Fleener lately. He's basically just a dart throw at the position now. Uh, and sort of like the running back position, that's a little bit of a dart throw. We saw Mark Ingram get the stranglehold of snaps again. But we're talking stranglehold. He played 22 of 51 snaps. Uh, well ahead of uh, Tim Hightower, though, who played just 14. But Travaris Cadet also got in there for 10. So they, they, they mucked it up a little bit again. So that's, that's going to be something interesting to see from this game. Well, and I'm, a, I'm one of these guys who owns a Ingram and Hightower in a league. Picked Hightower up as that handcuff, and, and now it's handcuffing you from getting big-time points because before it was Hightower getting maybe three carries in the game, so then it was Ingram who was getting those 20-plus touches. He's not getting them. I don't like him anyway in this matchup when you're going against Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis and, and this linebacking core, Shaq Thompson even. So you have their ability to stop the run is where their strength is. So I agree, it's, it's the power on the outside. What's going to be interesting to see is for a Michael Thomas, who had all the fumbles last week, how is he going to respond, and is Drew Brees going to continue to feed him the ball, or is this going to mean that we're going to see even more of Willie Sneed getting back into uh, getting majorly targeted like he was earlier in the season? Well, to refer to the pyro uh, power rankings that we posted this week for Week 11, the really only position you want to be uh, fe really fearful against the Panthers, and we know they've improved over the last couple weeks, is the running back position. So I agree with you. That merger of the of the duel, um, two guys getting the, the workload now, plus Keekley in that defense uh, stopping the run is is worrisome. What about um? Do we want to go in? I mean, do you think the fumbles that happened with um, Thomas are going to affect his play for going this forward? Or are they going to kind of say, rookie mistake, let's all, let's throw that away. And the kid's obviously, he's on pace to have like an Odell Beckham rookie season. Just the, the chink in the armor, honestly, and what we've seen over the last five, six weeks is two fumbles that... Cost him the game, in all honesty. Yep, that and, you know, even the bigger play of the game is a block two-point conversion, which I believe is the first one in NFL history to be a game winner in, like, the closing minutes of regulation. So that was an exciting play, and I'm glad they added it in a couple of years ago when they moved the extra points back because it definitely brings a totally new element. The game is not over until it's between the uprights and hitting that net. So, but Michael Thomas, that... Can I say one thing about that play? Sure. Is there any player that can that's allowed to wear white cleats that's never going to wear white cleats again? I mean, that guy, that was super close on that return, that block turn, a uh, return for the two-point oh, yeah. conversion. Because he was wearing, like, the brightest white cleats that matched perfectly with that sideline, there's no way they could overturn it. I kind of think he stepped out. I'm glad they didn't overturn it because I like to let him play it. And obviously this year they've been going with the call on the field a lot. 
But the, I mean, if you're, why not wear white cleats? Absolutely, it makes well, it harder to make hard judgment calls. Everyone tries to do something to uh, to game the system, so why not take advantage of that? And I thought he was out of bounds, and I wanted that game to go on because I had players I want. I wanted more fantasy points. <laughs> Isn't that great, the fantasy dynamic? One person wants to end because they want their team to win. Another guy's like, I got three players in this game. I just need overtime. Or I'm going against four players. Let that game end already. Like, <laughs> you probably had a kicker sitting there that you just wanted to get that one point from. And then you now you lose two points in some leagues for missed field goals. Oh, God. That is exciting. It's it's pretty incredible how much of a dynamic the whole moving the kick back and all, all that is brought to the game. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Thomas, I'm not too worried about his production. I don't think they have a guy who can outright replace him. And just losing that talent on the outside would just be a travesty to this offense. So I think they're going to you know, pass it off as a rookie mistake, but they're going to make sure he did something he works on in practice this week. You know, hey, kid, you got to take care of the ball. you got to watch the defenders coming from behind you. But definitely, definitely, I, I'm still highly on Michael Thomas this week, and I'm not going to be concerned about a couple fumbles you know, unfortunately that happened and sort of ruined his fantasy day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'll tell you this, it's probably a good thing for him too, that it's a short week, so it's no more time to think about it, get back out there on the field. And I, I'll guarantee you that he's probably sleeping with the football in his arm uh, and walking around with one uh, until until this game starts. So you probably will see him on the sidelines just holding a football. I wouldn't be surprised. Did you see after it happened and he was like disheveled and shocked in the sideline, then we'll move on. Like that. People are all like all around him, and like Sneed was doing the whole like holding it, and moving it. Like, hey, guy, I get it. And then you had <laughs> then you had Ingram come over and help him, and was like doing it. It's like he probably wanted to look up, like, hey, putts, don't you remember where you were two weeks ago? Hey, Ingram has five career fumbles. I hear you, but he five career fumbles. But the coach Peyton made an obvious point to, to, out, out of him in, in that one game. So let's uh, let's head over to the other side and uh, talk about the Panthers. Yeah, I think, you know, Saints, obviously they're not as terrible as they've been in the past at defense, but they're pretty terrible. So you're, anybody that's you're liking them, I guess let's let's start with Stewart. Stewart coming off of a couple nice games back-to-back, or uh, that was probably And then he had a crappy one, crappy crapped the bed there. Yeah. He that was, was a good spot for him. Uh, he just crapped the bed. But last time he played the Saints, 85 yards, two scores. He's definitely in, like, bottom end, running back one consideration this week. Uh, you know, Jonathan Stewart's more of just a weekly wide uh, running back too, who can get it done. What do you got? I just think that I, I always like playing the guy after he has that craptastic week, and especially when you got a matchup like this against New Orleans, who has the, the biggest weakness of their defense has been stopping running backs. So I'll take Jonathan Stewart and his grinded out type of, uh, of a game and. You know, I figure he'll get at least one touchdown in this game. I'm not expecting him to get 100 yards. I'm, I'm hopeful for at least 75, 80 yards in the score. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm hoping for, but I think he's got a good chance. The thing is, that week six game, that was like right after Cam was coming back off his injury mm-hmm. and didn't want to run. So we'll see if Cam, the touchdown vulture, who got back running the football, did. is a big effect on Jonathan Stewart. And I think it may be. So instead of maybe he's, he scored the two touchdowns last time, can he find the end zone once? Or is he going to be an 80 to 90 type uh, yardage runner again? And then that's just sort of going to limit his overall ceiling. Because Cam Newton rushed 12 times for 54 yards, scored a touchdown uh, last week against the Chiefs. If he's going to continue to run that much, it's going to hurt Jonathan Stewart. And we've seen it in the past. 
But I'm definitely playing, you know, uh, Cam Newton against the Saints. Like, you're playing both the quarterbacks in this matchup. Play Jonathan Stewart and play Kelvin Benjamin. And you can, yeah, Greg Olson owns the Saints. Uh, like, for the last couple of years, he's averaging over 80 yards uh, a game and, you know, a half touchdown or so. So this is a guy you definitely want to play. Kelvin Benjamin's definitely in play. He had, what, 94 yards in that last matchup? Uh He's so rest, I think right now I just did the graphics for week eleven, um, the week eleven players, and he's um, sitting in at number three or four. Yeah, he's very very high. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I I like him. I mean, you can't shy away from a guy against the Saints, even though the Saints still are you know sort of tough against opposing wide receiver ones and opposing wide receiver twos. They seem to get beat up by like that wide receiver three. So does that mean it's a Devin Funches type of week, or is it a Ted Ginn week, or predicting between the two and Philly Brown is impossible? <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's exactly where you should be at, because you cannot predict who, where, when, why. It'll be any of those guys, and you can't count on any type of consistency. So if you're backed into a corner and you're taking a, a, a dart throw at it, go for the guys that have the, the bigger playability, you know. Um, I would say again, and at least Funches, they're, they're they're giving him some targets downfield. So, I mean, those would be the only two I would, I would take a dart throw at. Last thing I'll say about this game is Greg Olson uh, gets it done every year. I'd say he's on pace to be with probably the MVP at the, at the tight end position. Uh, I'll take one of Stag's, uh, Stag Party's Nuggets. and uh, He's on pace for 1,265 receiving yards this season, which would be the fifth most ever by a tight end. And I'd probably like to think or say – I guess he's always done great in fantasy with his overall game. But out of the top ten of all-time tight ends, doesn't he? He's got to have one or two of them already, right? No, no, no. Because remember, before that, he was getting eight or nine hundred yards. Yeah, and then he had, he had those a, two he had a thousand last year, but he's just over it. Yeah, just over a thousand, and then over eleven hundred the other year. But let's just remember his total fantasy game just isn't coming together the way you'd like because he's not scoring touchdowns and getting the yardage like a Rob Gronkowski seems to do on a weekly basis and like Jordan Reed did last season when he was you know on fire. But Greg Olson's definitely the top, the cream of the crop of the position, especially we'll see, especially this week against the Saints. Well, especially, nice. especially with Gronk with a punctured lung. So let's for that Maybe. lung. Perforated. Okay, well let's give him a Bell Bear Day. And then, and then we'll give them their anniversary gifts. And then, and then we'll apologize to trash in the house. And then, and then we get our special treats. And then, dude, that's really annoying. <laughs> oh my god, that's pretty funny. Um, it's really annoying. That's yeah, all we, got I, that game. yeah, that's all we got for that game. Let's move on. So Thursday night football, excited for that one. And we're gonna move on to the first game of Sunday. And Houdini will bitch later because we only got three late night late games. But that means we've got a lot starting in the early part of the day. So Steelers at the Browns. Uh, before we get into the Steelers, the Browns are not happy with you that you thought that their Thursday night matchup didn't throw out a good quarterback. Uh, Which one? Yeah. Kevin Hogan or Josh McCown? We'll get into that. Cody that, was, that, was a, that was a weird one. But, yeah, you're like, Thursday night, no good premier matchups at the quarterback position. Flacco, most overpaid guy in the league, and Kessler and McCown. All right, Steelers, wow. That game was awesome. 
just want to we try not to do too much review because we can get in and years past we talked about the whole show and be like wait we just did reviewed the whole last week's game but that Dallas Steelers game was one of the best games I've ever seen uh, and it's worth talking about a little well bit. and let's let's give props to when we were talking about it uh, last week Stag said they front load the schedule with absolutely crap games and then they give you these better highlighted games for the afternoon and that one was. One hell of a game. Yeah, yeah. You can watch. We can watch a lot of crap at once, and then with Red Zone, it's sort of okay. And then you get to the afternoon when you have to pick and choose what you want to watch. That that's where they're coming in <laughs> until they get the good stuff. So the afternoon was definitely an interesting uh, football watching experience. Let's. My buddy was at the game, and he's a Dallas fan. He's like, best game I've ever seen. The fans were <laughs> awesome. He was wearing a Dez jersey. I saw pictures on Facebook. Um, I yep. thought they blew up that stadium in uh, in, Bat- in that Batman movie. I don't know, I don't know how they <laughs> But they, they literally blew it up this week because, what, they fit the most fans ever in the history of Heinz Field for any game ever at, at the game on Sunday? How do you even do that? Do you just up the standing room only? I don't know, man. That's what the Cubs are doing in those playoff games. <laughs> oh, sure. The Cubs standing room is like, dude, the ramp is not ramp anymore. It's basically standing room only. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that was just so sick. So let's talk about Big Ben. He came out after the game and basically said he had, he had some words for the team. He's like, you gotta, we got to start being accountable, and you got to start playing like a professional, not being an idiot and making bad plays, probably referring to uh, more so the defense than his own offense, what whatnot, but with some of those, you know, that – Face mask at the end that gave him an extra 15 yards. Didn't matter anyways. It wasn't a field goal that they went for anyways. I think they were also talking to the young receivers who yeah. made some mistakes. And Sammy Coates played just two snaps last week. So Let's talk about the information that came out today about Coates. Coates apparently has another broken finger. So he's got two on the same hands. That's going to be worrisome for a guy who needs to catch the ball. And a guy who's not very good at catching the ball in general. So, you know... <laughs> A the, couple the drop two double weeks, whammy. You dropped two weeks ago. I mean, I love they showed it on like Come On Man or something. One of those things. Like after you did the whole team, they showed like three different camera views of the offensive line, Big Ben, uh, Brown. Everyone's just like, everyone's head did the old jerk. Like <laughs> Jesus, dude, you gotta stop dropping these easy touchdowns. I think he's finger banging his hot new wife too much. To be honest, who's Sammy Coates? Yeah, I've never wife. seen what she oh, looks like. Smoke show. <laughs> check, check out, check out her anytime you want. I think he's just finger banging her a little too hard, and I, I think it's costing the team. <laughs> Even if it is costing the team, it, it's going to be trouble because they're just so thin at the position. All of a sudden, we we see him play only two snaps. That means Kobe Hamilton, who came off the practice squad a little bit earlier, plays a lot. Eli Rogers, who they like pretty much only in the slot, had to play a lot. Uh, but then they they got Ladarius Green back, so we saw a lot of two tight end sets, and that was different for them, and doesn't allow them to spread the field as much. We saw a ton of Le'Veon Bell running routes, and it's not going to change. He's got at least five catches in every game this season. Already leads all running backs in receptions, and would rank like twenty third among receiver and catches. Did he miss the first three or four games? Three, three, and. After what he did last week against Dallas, what he's going to do this week against the Browns? Can I say that I honestly don't think they use him enough? It might be just because they have too much talent with Brown. But on any other team, that guy would be like a 37 touch guy. But that's almost why he's as effective as he is because it is is the balance. And he's still, you know what, 
where's he at? What's he getting? 23, 25 touches in the game? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like watching them. I agree. I love it. I mean, they, they're a great offense. But some, you sometimes wonder if he's kind of like, God, I wish I was not well, in a situation, year. but yeah, yeah. I wish I was on a team where it was like, they didn't have to get so many passes out to His rap songs keep referring to $100 million. So <laughs> I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to give him that. Yeah. So we'll see where he plans to get that money from. He'll go He'll go to the, the spot that says 25 to 35 every week. Whatever <laughs> whatever you want. Just keep that keep that uh, pink uh, mouth guard in there and you'll be getting that money, money, money. So I like Le'Veon Bell this week. I like Antonio Brown this week. Uh, I like Eli Rogers this week because of Darius Hayward Bay has already been ruled out for Week 11. It looks like you know Sammy Coates is going to be limited at best if he does play. Sort of like the two snaps. Kobe Hamilton hasn't proven to be a dynamic playmaker. Uh, so maybe this is also a week where Ladarius Green gets more involved. He played 15 snaps. Uh, coming back, so we'll see if that slowly starts to trend upward. Uh, they used them a lot, split out wide in San Diego. Maybe that's something they'll do uh, here in Pittsburgh. But th- this is a guy who's just been out for so long that he, he needs conditioning. So we'll see if he can get there. We saw and, Jesse James. And the timing, because you saw him uh, a couple plays where with a shot in the end zone in particular, where the timing was just completely off between him and Big Ben. I have a feeling it's always going to be off with Ladarius. I have a feeling the same thing. I I, I can't trust the guy. But I mean, it's, it, but does that does that really does that hurt James? Is James now all of a sudden or he's he, still he's found his way into deeper bent, deeper leagues? Uh, is a go-to guy in certain matchups. Jesse James should never be counted on. Because he's Heath Miller. The fans don't even know there's a difference. When he catches the ball, they still scream, Heath. <laughs> like, they have no goddamn idea that the player's even changed. So, he's going he's gonna to be a guy who plays 100% of snaps, but catches, you know, four, five, six passes for 50 or 60 yards, and occasionally scores a touchdown. Yeah. But if you're suddenly expecting him to be a dynamic player, which you should never have been, you know, you, you, sour grapes, it's not what you're going to get. Let's Start picking back. Let's go, to the other, road. <laughs> let's go to the other side um, and talk about the Browns, as we kind of alluded to earlier. Started Cody Kessler. I thought he kind of done some, some all right things. He did not look like crap at all. Dropped a dime for that touchdown to Barnage. And oh, it wasn't Barnage. It was, oh, that's right. It was the, other, yeah. the Valve. Yeah, you're right. The Valve. Yeah, it was the other fella. Um, the Valve. The Valve. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but it's awesome. That sounded to me like a little bit of a cross of tattoo yeah, from tattoo. Uh, Fantasy yeah, That's Island. what I was going for. Yeah, okay. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're like screaming like you're like in a steam room and you're telling them to turn the valve down or yeah. what. I mean, I can imagine that's how that would work. Okay. All right. Well, that's why I have no idea what you're talking about, but both those do work. Anything <laughs> tattoo is all right with me, that's for sure. Um, the Browns, so he's playing around. Irv, Irv Villachez. Is that that was his name. Real yeah. name? Yeah. I only know the Corinthian leather guys. And he was in, <laughs> a, uh, he was, he was in a James Bond movie. Yeah. With uh, him and Jaws. So you had the, the, the giant and the... And the, and the the small, small person. Well, he was also in uh, the Spanish, the Mexican version of uh, Star Wars. He was R two D two. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. And that actually, the real R two D two died within the last four months. Rest in peace, buddy. I don't remember your name, but you were good in Time Bandits. Boop, 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 boop. All right, uh, but then they took him out, and then all of a sudden they come out after halftime, and I think that that is the way that if you want to see what a guy's doing, he's playing all right, and then. 
it stops growth. And, yeah. and, and I think I think sometimes Hugh Jackson gets a little too loosey goosey and like trying t- tinkering. He tinkers too much. He gets too yeah, cute. He but tinkers too much. And then look what and then look what Brigham McCown did. He came in and was that was the worst half of football I've ever seen by a quarterback. Wait, you What's saw Jake Cutler. Well, Jake would be fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> but by one of the worst. So, <laughs> by anyone other than... But they're both Bears. And so it's all in... True it's that. All in that but you bring up the great point, though. What is the point? You you're, you don't have a win yet this season. You are not building anything by starting Josh McCown on your football team. But he was saying, I'm, I want to go for a win, and I, so I'm going to throw this guy in. Yeah, remember, they were... The Browns were leading seven to six at half, so they thought you know McCown would bring it in and be able to sort of bring them back to vi- or bring them home to victory with the lead. You know, being able to call the correct plays, when to run. You know, uh, Isaiah Crowell into the back of his lineman and when to you know throw the ball, which they were going to do a lot because you know the Rams are a stout defense. Uh, the Ravens are a stout defense, so. It, it was all about trying to get that one win, get the monkey off the back. But after seeing that half of football, you just got to stick with Cody Kessler, who doesn't do anything impressive. But now we've got the wrench of RG3 might be back in practice this week. And now we'll have to listen to, I saw the ground beneath the earth shake during his workouts. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think everyone can agree that RG3 is not the answer. He's not going to be a long-term answer. So this is, to me, why wouldn't you just play Kessler out through the run, give yourself a, a very good indication whether what you have in him, and if you need to go elsewhere, you're going to be a bad team anyway. If Maybe if that helps ensure you to get the number one pick in the draft, then go for it. I mean, I, I think they're going to throw, throw RG3 for a couple more games. It, once he's healthy enough to come back, just Until because he's they, not healthy. they've never seen it, and if there's even a potential that he's the answer, because we know what Cody Kessler is. Cody Kessler's a career backup. If he's not in the league as a backup for 10, 12 years, I will be highly surprised. I think he's you know played beyond his means, and maybe he could be a game manager. But we've seen game managers, you know, backups who poses game managers. And Trevor Simeon this season be a starter. So I think there's times when that could work. But RG3 just still has that mammoth upside that you have to test out for more than a half of football, which is pretty much all they got in week one. Plus, remember what they were able to do with RG3 early in the season. They were able to chuck it downfield and hit Terrell Pryor. They were able to get Corey Coleman deep down the field in practice. So they want to see what you know those two players can do with the guy who can... You know, fuck it and chuck it. So that that's something I'm interested in seeing. Depending on who the quarterback is, that makes all the difference in the world for me with these wide receivers. But I think Terrell Pryor's a wide receiver too on a weekly basis. But you're just gonna have to deal with the boomer bust, and that that's my feelings on him. Corey Coleman. The have, same thing I think with Corey Coleman. I mean, I, he's not a wide receiver too right now. He's that's, only getting yeah. he's only getting three, four, five targets a game in these last couple games. And this is not a great matchup for him either. Pittsburgh actually is much better against receivers um, than they are against running backs. I think they're bad everywhere. Well, and they're going to they're, they're, they're be scoring a lot, so it's going to be a Besides this, Brian, who, who else was there? Anyone else that was really dominating out there for the, for the Cowboys last week? It was Ezekiel Elliott that did all the other damage as a receiver. <laughs> Cole Beasley had a, had a measly game. Uh, Ter- Terrence Williams, I think maybe had what, two catches in that game. So, you know, when you look at, at the other options there, I, I just don't know that they they, they, they may not be great, 
but they, teams exploit him on the ground so much that they just don't even throw enough to make it as much of a difference. I'll say one thing that's annoying about uh, CBS. CBS still loves Crowell, and they like have his projected points each week. They're always it's like it's always like twelve or thirteen, and you're sitting there and he's on your bench. And you're like, why do these fuckers want Crowell to be so awesome this week? <laughs> as this is a bit of strategy. Don't pay attention to the projected score on whatever league, whatever platform you're on. I know people that live by this. I'm a partner with some one guy in a league that's like, no, we got a bad matchup. I just got an email that said we got more points sitting on our bench. Like, dude, it's not Nostradamus running CBS over there. <laughs> These putzes, we're beating them on a weekly basis on the Fantasy Pros rankings um, situation in the accuracy challenge with experts. Like. Just because someone says someone's going to get a projected amount of points, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. But Crowell is one of those guys on CBS that is just so overrated. And don't buy into it. Play the guys you think. Do what do you. Look at our rankings. Look at other rankings of people you respect. I think there's a great rankings um, conglomerate tool on Fantasy Pros. Do that. Don't go. Don't don't play the points so that you're gonna you're you're gonna beat the guy you're going up against in your matchup two <laughs> days beforehand, or even during because on CBS now they even give you like the projection oh. they show you like the, the percentage of, of chance of win. So it's like, oh, I have a big play. All of a sudden, I'm a 65% opportunity to win. Then wait, there's a big play against me. Now it's a 50-50 matchup. It's like it's, it's like game probabilities. Yeah. You, you you saw the one between the Saints and the Cowboys or. Uh, Pittsburgh and the Cowboys and how that looked. Up and down and up and down and up and down. It's bogus. Yeah. I, but I will admit it. I do look at that shit. I'm not like thinking like, yes, I got this by 70. But I do look at it like, come on, let's just end it. You're looking right. at those player minutes. Like, just run the player minutes. Let's keep this going. Yeah. No uh, so, Gary Barnes is the last guy we can really talk about here. I, I can't trust him. He hasn't scored a touchdown this season. He seems to get vultured on a weekly basis. By his tight end too, uh, unfortunately, and I don't know why that is. And, and you know, 30, 40, 50 yards, and his top weeks this season, where he's been, you know, top 12 tight end, he's just scoring six, seven points in those matchups. So I'm looking elsewhere. If, you know, I, I've had Gary Barnish, but I bet you've been doing that for a few weeks already. Yeah. I don't really want to start him uh, in this matchup against Dallas. But let's just remember that what they do, what do they do? They they just are against the Browns, uh, against the Pittsburgh. The Browns are going to struggle in this one because they're going to fall behind and be forced to throw the ball. And when they do that and they can't run, well, you know they're one dimensional and they're bad. Yeah, right. I agree. Let's let's move on to the next game. Before we do that, I want to give a quick pyro promo. Um, and, and it's as simple as this. We just, uh, I need you, all of you guys out there to help us out and check out um, our content and our regular weekly pieces on pyromaniac.com. I know a lot of you are staples and are subscribed to us here on the podcast, but check out the website. Check out all the amazing articles we've got with Pyro Analytics doing all these kind of analytical charts and all these awesome pieces, as well as Dag Party doing those. We just posted an awesome Bitch Slap Volume 2 today from Houdini. The website is awesome. There's so much hardcore content every friggin' week. 
It's hard to fathom. So check us out there. Make sure you're going to pyromaniac.com. Stay with us on the heavy and the pyro life and the podcasting. We know uh, we know that's that's a big way for us to get our voice and our message out to you. But also make sure you're checking out the website. If you're on that website, you know, bring something to the table. Add, add a discussion. Add a comment at the bottom of a piece. Ask us a question there. Get the discussion going there. We're just really trying to drive as much um, energy and passion that we get on the podcast and whatnot on our website as well. The content's wicked, so make sure you're checking us out there, pyromaniac.com. And now, before we get into the next game, which will be the Ravens uh, at, at the Cowboys, let's pay some bills. All right, the Ravens coming off a nice uh, Thursday night game against the Browns, going down to... Irving, Texas, and playing the Cowboys, who are, have the best record in the league and are as hot as hot can be. We'll start with the visiting team, and that's the Ravens. Flacco coming. Do you have four touchdowns or three? Three. Three. And, and two picks. And two and picks. <laughs> but still had a nice fantasy day. He did have a nice fantasy day. Um, but that team is just, I'm, 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 I'm off altogether. Um, anything that's happening over there, there's just too many unknowns. There's too, no consistency. Why put yourself through through that kind of heartache on, on, on Sunday? That's that's the problem. They, they are one of these teams that is basically it's a committee everywhere and a committee that doesn't show up every time. Uh, Flacco is inconsistent. When he does have it on, as you said, he's always throwing interceptions as well. So you have Terrence West and you have Kenneth Dixon. Well, you know what? Terrence West was, was pretty horrible last week. Was it 15 carries for 21 yards? And I think uh, uh, Dixon had it was an 8 for 38 and also added it in the, uh, as a receiver. So we're at a point now where I think that that shift is going to start to happen. You're going to see Kenneth Dixon becoming more so at least at an even share level with the Terrence West. So if you're a Terrence West owner, I think – it's time to bail almost, and if you're a Kenneth Dixon owner, it's time to really start paying attention as to are they going to give him a heavier workload? Because remember, he is still coming off of injury as well. So, and wide receivers, you can talk about the wide receivers. When I see I, Dixon play, though, I don't really—I I know he's a rookie, so that's probably what it is. Body, the eye test—he's not passing it for me. It kind of looks like he's the game's moving a little too fast for him. Yeah, he's not overly impressive, but he, he did nice things catching the ball, and that's something Terrence West isn't able to do. And that's just something that they might have to do a lot going forward. So I, I like Dixon more than Terrence West going forward. I think West might still have his games and might still be the touchdown vulture, unfortunately. But then Dennis Pitta still hasn't scored this season. He might catch. He's okay in PPR leagues because he's going to catch five or six or seven passes a week. But in standard, he's getting you know, 30, 40, 50 yards. So if you're if – you're, if you're a standard league owner with Dennis Pitta, it's time to move on and look for something else. Just look for a guy who can score a touchdown because yeah. that's going to be better off for you in the long run. Uh, the wide receivers, it looks like they have two good ones who are playing a ton of snaps and Steve Smith and Mike Wallace. Other than that, the other guys are sort of rotating between Kamar Aiken and Brashad Perriman and then a little bit of the ancillary guys like Chris Moore. Uh, but, yeah, one of them is going to be a wide receiver three on a weekly basis, and one's going to be like a wide receiver four. It's just picking which one's going to have the slightly better week or which one's going to get the long touchdown, and, and that's the real test. But, yeah, I'm not on Joe Flacco, and I'm not really on anybody in this offense this week except for the two wide receivers 
who were sort of the dart throws or wide receiver three flex plays for me. Um, just because Dallas takes the life out of the ball. The way they play offense is just playing keep away, and other offenses just don't run plays against them. Yeah. I think what's interesting, though, too, the way when I look at those these wide receivers, is something I'm paying attention to. It is Brashad Perriman. I don't know exactly if it's, it's paying attention to him, thinking that he'll ever do anything for me this season. But remember, he was a guy that was injured last year, came back, now is, you know has amazing speed. This may be a good uh, opportunity because, again, I think Barry Church and, and his Skandrick both out for this matchup. I don't know. Uh, Skandrick and Church? Uh, Skandrick's been all right, but Claiborne's the the better corner who's been hurt more. Uh, He he looks to be out for an extended period of time. I doubt he's in there. They're going to be beat up at defensive back again. So I just want to see exactly, you know, it's always a good opportunity. I want to see what the growth is for Perriman from this point in the season on because he's started to now become more involved in the offense, and it's one of those things that you should look at because it'll be a guy that'll be – if he could become what they expected him of him when they drafted him, watch his progression because you'll be able to sneak him in like a ninth, tenth round pick next year, and he might show you some of the value of what he can return for you going forward. I think we're done. With All right, let's move over. A uh, little nugget, a little stag nugget. Ezekiel Elliott's finished top twelve running back every single week ever since week four. The guy's real good. Um, doesn't seem like this is the greatest matchup for him, but maybe we will soon find that Zeke Elliott is matchup proof. I mean, we already he's see. You're playing him, but yeah. you're playing him. He already destroyed the Green Bay Packers, who at the time were number one in rush defense. So I have no qualms about playing Ezekiel Elliott. I don't, 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 don't be bragging about the Green Bay Packer defense right about now after what Tennessee did to them last week. They, they, didn't, they didn't crush it on the run game. I, there was one 75-yard run, and then the rest of the plays, they gave up two yards of carry. And I watched the whole time. Like, how is this guy not getting one more carries? Two, how is he only at 92 yards? All I'm saying is rush defense. I'm not, rush defense, pass defense, two totally different things. We I, just like, I just like the thing with the 75-yard run because it makes me sound, sound to me like every time that Barry Sanders played against somebody. It's like, yeah, we shut Barry Sanders down if it wasn't for that 85-yard run. First play of the game. <laughs> Uh, it's weird though, one thing on that. Or 28 play. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. the game for him too. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Zeke Elliott, you're playing. Any, 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 any more? Can we, can we you, suck you this play guy Dak? out anymore? You could play Dak. I mean, Dak's a back end tight end, uh, quarterback one, rest of season. This is a guy, you know, if you haven't been starting him, he definitely needs to be under starter consideration, multiple touchdowns in every single week, pretty much since like week two. Rest of season. Uh, I'm asking for a friend. Dalton or Dak? Dak. <laughs> Rest of season, Dak or Luck? Matt, mix Matt up. matchup. Mix, mix I, I have both luck. of them in the, league, in the league, and I've been going matchup. All right, Blog Talk Radio. We're going to have to pick up Dak. We picked up Dalton last week. Dak's available. I looked today. Fuck. All right. I didn't know that. That friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, so... I mean, Dak's a back-end QB1 on a weekly basis. This is another semi-tough matchup. You know, when you look at uh, fantasy points allowed. And, and 
the way the Ravens like to play, they like to play a slow style of offense that keeps the ball away from the other team too. So this could be a game where there might not be a hundred plays run between the two teams, or you know maybe it's a little bit higher. But uh, I'm not looking forward to playing any of these other guys besides Dak, Dez, and Ezekiel Elliott because of it. Because I don't know if the volume is going to be there for guys like Cole Beasley. Uh, they're notoriously tough against tight end. Baltimore is always tough against the position. So if I'm a Jason Witten owner, I am looking elsewhere, even despite having, you know, what, 18 targets over the last two weeks? I did a, um, a little segment today with uh, Podvader on his uh, his show because we're in that blog talk radio league and he he runs it and he's the head guy for podcasting over at blog talk radio and a great line that he had for Cole Beasley that I liked and I hadn't heard in this industry before was he called Cole Beasley uh, a binky or uh, um, which is like a a, a blank a, yeah, a safety, safety blanket, blanket. safety blanket so 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 Witten's the safety blanket and then uh, Cole Beasley's the bakey for the rookie quarterback yes I like that yeah I, I thought that was pretty good um, anything else on the Cowboys or no I mean you play the studs and the only other player you should really be thinking about is maybe Cole Beasley I want to avoid Jason Witten yep there you go all right well, the next game is the Jaguars. Um, heading over to Detroit to play the Detroit Lions. Let's start with the Jaguars. Um, gosh, uh, Bortles is looking brutal and then brutal and more brutal. Some plays aren't going his way. Some players are making some drops. Some people are thinking it's soccer and kicking the ball. But overall, it is painful to watch Bortles. And he is he, – you just feel like after one of these games, after one of these, like, Three and outs or interceptions, he's gonna kind of just like run into like a fence that's got like a projectile item and just take himself out. He's just gonna he's just gonna end it. Like, like you said, I remember nothing. You know, like you said earlier with all the cutaways from like you know Le'Veon Bell, everyone like you know yeah, Sammy yeah. drop. I see Bortles do that at least like seven times in the game. Like, oh. What what about? Or I just threw a pick again. Oh. What about when he launches it at his own player's foot? Like, like the ball's not even... Like, how's he supposed to catch that? Like, we're going to blame him for kicking the ball up in the air and it gets intercepted? Like... Was he trying to, like, just get the ball? You know how, like, some players are like, all right, this play's fucked. I'm just going to put it down. No. And Marquise Lee tried to kick it? Or no, he's yelling. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I, he looked like a pretty open screen to where he shouldn't have been trying to do that. It was like he was playing pool. It was like, bank shot. I'm calling a bank shot. <laughs> Hold on. This one's going in off the side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mass say it over to you. There you go. If there is a team that can make Blake Bortles look good, though, it is Detroit's uh, top three passer ratings this season. Tom Brady, uh, Matt Ryan, and third, whoever is playing the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So that's a great way to you know pick on a team when you're streaming. He's probably a little bit too highly owned still because of his garbage time stat accumulation to where he's not available in 50% of leagues and a, a preferred QB streamer. But if he was dropped in your league and you need a guy for a Matt Ryan this week, Blake Bortles is a, a great option to where if he doesn't throw for 300 yards against this defense, you know, I'm going to be highly surprised. Rivers is out this week as yeah. well. Yep. Yep, there's a lot of good nail. I know a lot of people have been playing Rivers all season. I think that'll change, obviously, because he's on bye this week. But over at Cam Newton, it seems like Philip Rivers was a, was a uh, 
not a handcuff, but a, a secondary quarterback to a lot of people I know. We talked to over social media and people I'm in leagues with. Right? Rivers is the backup to Cam, and last like four or five weeks, you're throwing Rivers in every week. Rivers seems to, to do that perennially every year. After what was it, about like five years ago, when he was like the best, one of the best, the best or second best quarterback in, in the league, then he would have like these stretches where all of a sudden. He would be great, but he was being drafted as like the 12th, 13th, 14th quarterback. It's still, still kind of where he was going into this season. And then he go, goes off and starts putting up these ridiculous numbers. Guys, yeah, I revisited of... a piece I wrote this offseason, QB ADP expectations. I did it for all the positions, but it was like perfect. It was like, don't draft Tony Romo. Uh, don't draft Teddy Bridgewater. Don't draft Eli Manning. Uh, and, and there was somebody else who I'm forgetting. But the guys to draft were Philip Rivers. Matt Ryan, uh, Sam Brad, uh, Matt, Matt Zapper, and, and one more. So it was like dead on. I'm like, I, I gotta pay attention to this. Like, I didn't do this. <laughs> I'm, whoever wrote this is awesome. Yeah, what, what, what was, was I smoking? Oh, wait, that's me. What was I, what was I smoking when I wrote yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. I'm a Why did I listen to myself? Yeah. Out of body experiences are sometimes the best. But uh, yeah, I mean, Looking at this team, play Blake Bortles, play Allen Robinson, but you know. Now, but could you play the other guys? They got Allen. Can you? Can you play? You can. I, I don't think you, I still can't. I have Allen Hearns. I can't play the guy. You can't. I think he's more like a wide receiver five dart throw on a weekly basis. Yeah. There could be a week where he goes off, but you know, consistent targets. We had twelve yards last week. It just awful. Marquise Lee is hit or miss, and more. More missed than hit, you know, on occasion. Julius Thomas had, what, eight receiving yards, but he yeah. had a touchdown? I wouldn't start Julius Thomas either. The guy that I would be interested in is Marquise Lee. Detroit is awful against tight ends. So, okay. So, so you might need to be back on it. <laughs> well, Thomas is a guy that's been dropped in a lot of leagues, so that may be a guy that you can pick up and you can stream for one week then. Yeah. So. I mean, if you're a Julius Thomas owner, you need to prepare for the playoffs, and you need to prepare for streaming. So look ahead at... You know, playoff SOS that'll come out later this week, and just look for those you know good strings of matchups. But yeah, if you're a Julius Thomas owner, that that the production just isn't completely there. Uh, completely there. <laughs> he's scoring touchdowns on, on a regular enough basis to where he's not complete and utter trash, but the yardage is just making him trashy. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the guys. What about the running back situation? I, again, this is another one that it, to me is just like a, a real mess with what you have going on there. I don't like the consistency out of either of these guys. I think, yeah, if you want to have more of the PPR guy, then you're going to be looking at a Yeldon. Uh, you know, as far as the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, this is a team that, that has not been that bad against the running backs. They've been actually pretty they, tough. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown on the season. One rushing touchdown. And they're top ten in fantasy points allowed uh, against running yeah, backs. So... so I avoid them both. Yeah. So, yeah, let's flip over to the Detroit Lions. Let's start with a Matthew Stafford who's, you know, been excellent, gets the Jaguars defense, who isn't awful. I mean, they're pretty good. The thing is their quarterback keeps putting them in crap situations with all his turnovers. Uh, The Jaguars, I mean, they're not a defense to be avoided, but when you look at fantasy points allowed and all those sort of metrics – yeah, they don't look like a great matchup. I just but, can't but don't you understand? for them. I can make an argument as to why, though. They get blown out early, right? They're, they're, they're getting points, and then all of a sudden teams kind of let off the the, the, uh, the the pedal a little bit and go more to the running game and just pound them throughout and try to, you know, try to run them down. 
run the clock out. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. I'm not... I like some of these adjectives. Yeah. These good. Pounding, pedals, metals. I don't know. I mean, this is good. This is yeah. very, very, very manly stuff you're talking about. <laughs> hey, try to... One of those pretty manly? First, you give us a continuum transfunctioner. Then we give you the pleasure. How about this? You give me pleasure. Then we'll give you the continuum transfuncture. Then if there's time, you can take care of my friend. Dude, deal. Sweet! <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, this is giving me pleasure. Thank you very much. I'll give a quick shout out. I'm giving the Sierra Nevada. First time I think I've ever had a Sierra Nevada on any of our 250 shows. Pretty sure. Um, I went no, but it's true because I, I don't think I bought I haven't even had a neuter on this show um, and that's my friggin last name so Celebration Ale Fresh Hop IPA I kind of got it just because I wanted to make sure uh, it looked like they were doing a little marketing cachet I wanted to see if it tasted like it did back in the uh, early thousands turn of the millennium uh, back when I lived in northern uh, California and would go up to Tahoe all the time we would drink this in the holidays and it tastes the same they just <laughs> changed how they're naming it God bless it. What are you drinking, buddy? So I'm drinking uh, Peak Organic Brewing Company again. Uh, this one is their Amber Ale, and I was drinking that Sprecher uh, Oktoberfest before that. So, but I gotta crack another one here. So how about a Belvedere's? They knocked us out and stole our spacesuits. No, we didn't. Yeah, you did. No, we didn't. Yes, you did. No, we didn't. Yes, you did. Sultan. <laughs> uh, quickly, we'll do the uh, talk about the movie and the music, and then let's get uh, let's get into, into these the line guys. So uh, the uh, movie, obviously, dude, where's my car? Dude, uh, dude. where's my car? Dude, dude, sweet screenplay, dude. <laughs> dude. What does it say? Sweet, <laughs> dude. All right. Anyway, God bless it. Uh, and the music is the cars. The first opening song is Since You're Gone, one of my favorite songs ever, one of the greatest videos ever. I'm old, but uh, I remember I had the 45 for that one, and Rick Ocasek. The cars are actually um, probably going to get uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year, which is pretty awesome. If you ever want to listen to Shake It Up or uh, Radio City, whatever that one, they've got just some of the greatest albums ever. Rick Ocasek, what a lucky fucking son of a bitch. This guy... Ugly, skinny, yeah. pale, and then got Paulina Porosova when she was like the supermodel. Yeah, he, they, they were they they actually were the biggest. There were many other bands like Duran Duran that were had, were bigger and all this stuff. But I would say that as far as like electronic kind of um, that that, that uh, I'm spacing the word electro synth sound. That, that was very big in the 80s, they by far are the, the, the band that had more memories in the in the early 80s than anybody else. So we're listening to that, and then on the way, what's the last song that we're playing on the way? A Dream out? Away. A Dream Away. Great song. Starts out slow, but make sure you check out that and listen to the cars. Stag Party, throw down some lion love for us. I mean, I think you pretty much play all the lions this week. I'd play Eric Ebron, I'd play Golden Tate, I'd play Marvin Jones, I could play Theo Riddick, and I could play Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's like a lock, you know, top quarterback this week. I think Theo Riddick's a running back too. 
Um, the other guys, I guess what really matters is at the wide receiver position. Before you get there, I just want to jump in on Theo Riddick because Theo Riddick is a player that, you know, I, I had him on my team in a dynasty league as like a cheap holdover carryover from last year. And, you know, okay, I'm like, okay, he'll maybe be my flex or a bye week replacement. He is steadily in my lineup every week, uh, the, especially if it's a PPR yeah. league. And with his ability to score touchdowns, Give it up to Pyromaniac Mo, who had been on this guy's jock for the longest time. But, man, uh, truly stepping in and showing uh, his, his ability. And the best part is they don't have anybody else there to give the damn ball to, really, that's worth a damn. So uh, it's it's a good Theo show. All right, move on to the wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Marvin Jones sort of been held down for like the last couple weeks now. And he should get a lot of the Jalen Ramsey. Uh but after that, his, his the shadow corners that are on him, I think he's got Xavier Rhodes next week. But then that playoff stretch run, if you can get Marvin Jones for nothing, which is, you know, people aren't still holding on to that week two performance. If they are, you might not be able to get them, you know, for... They're not. They're not. They're not. Everyone's complaining about, them, like, Marvin fucking Jones. Because, they, because, they, because of week two, they've been starting yeah. him, yeah. and now they're ready to bail. Yeah. Now... The quarter matchup after Minnesota gets a lot better for them. You know, they play the Bears twice, which is great matchups. So definitely consider maybe getting Marvin Jones if your trade deadline and hasn't passed. I think you could start him against Jalen Ramsey. I, he's he's been good this season. I don't think he's great. I just want to I want to say listen to what Stags is saying because I listened to him three weeks ago when he was talking about what a schedule lineup it is for Tyrell, Tyrell, Tyrell Williams. Hello. And I traded Darren Sproles when he was announced as going to be the starter over Ryan Matthews for Tyrell Williams. And all Tyrell has done in the two weeks that I've started him while the other guy I started Darren Sproles is outscore Darren Sproles by 20, 19 points. I'm not going to lie, but I started Char- Tyrell this week and had uh, that game out of Adams. There was a number. And when I didn't Take play uh, flack of uh, your advice. I can't complain. We ask advice of you. You guys out there ask advice. If we're wrong, you can't be pissed ass. Fuck off. Don't ask us. Who do we but, tell you to play over flack of? Cousins. Cousins. Dalton. Um, but it, it's all good. I won. It's just I didn't win the whole points for the week because the other guy had Ezekiel Elliott at forty-eight points. And in that league, you, you get a hundred bucks a week uh, oh, for most points. points. Well, the other thing though is like that Terrell. That catch, that catch, he was already doing all right. That catch just put him over. It's like, how far dollars score more than Adams? Help me out. Stag part is a genius. Help me out in FanDuel too. He, he's been a complete value. I think it was like fifty, six hundred bucks or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But that's pay all. Pay attention to up. the matchups. That is so important. When you get these lined up, it's gold. Do we have anything else for the Lions, Ebron? Play him. Yep. Play him. All right, I think we're good on there. Before we do that, I'll do a quick um, pyro promo. We're actually looking for some talent. Um, we had a great um, all business meeting last week, uh, the three of us, and we're trying to find some a marketing manager, a marketing expert that can help us kind of really focus. We're so busy on the content and the design and the building. There's so many elements of this, and we're such a small team that we really realized we need some people that are you know great at, at marketing and some people that can help us in that end. Find out other ways to build traction. Find out other ways to get new earballs for the sh- this podcast. Get new eyeballs for the website. What kind of where are we missing out on opportunities? So if you're a marketing expert um, and 
have experience with dot coms or online content sites and you're interested and you're passionate about fantasy football and you like our product here, reach out. Maybe there's a fit. Um, obviously, it'd be great if you're in Chicago, but that role we don't necessarily feel like is it, it does, it's, it's not end-all, be-all. Uh, it's just better to be able to meet face-to-face. So being in the Midwest would be great. Uh, another role um, we've talked about is a potential paid internship. Uh, me and Stags are going to be working the next couple weeks to figure this out, but we need someone that can help out uh, populating um, our content, which is with so much content that we put on the site these days, turns into a real burden. I do most of it. Houdini holla for a dollar. Put up his pickup fees this week. Woo-woo. That was awesome. I got to be honest. Sunday night, that was great. Woo woo. Just having the graphic and send it over to you. That was great. Stag party, you put up content, but we just we put up a lot of content and it's time consuming. Um, on top of that, the internship would be someone that could help us. Our, our characters are such a big thing. Knowing the Adobe Suite, knowing Illustrator a bit, and having some sort of skill with Photoshop and helping out with some of these graphics. That's the kind of stuff that we're looking, and there's also some side opportunities um, that, that work there. So that's another role, and then we're looking for a designer slash illustrator. We've had some great luck over the years uh, working with some really talented people like Jackie, and um, you know, Pyro Stash obviously was just a bad, it's been a badass for us. But we're really trying to find out uh, the, kind of the next generation of, of, of visual and aesthetic and this illustration that we can bring to the table for Pyromaniacs. So if you're an awesome illustrator, whether it's freehand, whether you're amazing with Illustrator, whether you're kind of a, 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 kind of a hybrid, uh, mixed media, as they call it, type of person, and you're interested in love fantasy football, love the NFL, love these players, and want to bring some awesome element and some great visuals, you might be a great person for us to work with. Those opportunities are there. Houdini's telling me to rush along. <laughs> that, 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 that was a short little pyro promo. We love you guys. After this uh, we're, after this little soundbite or uh, ad ski, we will get to the next games. All right. Thank you very much. Well said. We're going to do the Titans at the Colts right now. And, damn, if Marcus Mariota ain't the best red zone quarterback through two years of all time, I don't know who is. This guy's trajectory is off the charts right now. I love what I'm seeing. I'm giving the old uh, hang 10, mahalo, uh, Hawaiian kind of thing. Stags, I'm going to give it to you again. You were on, you were on board with him. And you got a slow little crawler of a start going. But this guy... He's got all the tools. He's got the mindset. He's turning himself into a fantasy dynamo. Sure. <laughs> like like dynamo from The Running Man? Yes. He's lit up like a Christmas tree and singing operetta. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> he'll, he'll, be, he'll be able to shine brightly like the super moon that we just had well, I'm um, uh, this past weekend. And... Looking at this matchup, looking at what the Colts defense does not do well, which is pretty much everything, you, you're going to have Mariota with a great opportunity. I think they're 29th in points allowed to quarterbacks are the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the Colts are, are not much better against running backs, so this is also a game where I love DeMarco Murray. And the other the other position that they mightily struggle against, well, that just happens to be tight end where Delaney Walker just went nuts. So... Looking for all of these guys to continue hot streaks? Yes, I think 
All of these guys are the guys that you would put your money behind. And as far as the wide receivers, I'll make my, my stake on this. The guy that is the consistent play out of there, the guy that has scored a touchdown in, was it, four of his last five weeks, has scored a touchdown in five of his last six games, he's got six touchdowns in that span, that's Rashard Matthews. He's the guy that you can play more consistently because he is scoring. He is giving you a decent floor at around 40, 50 yards. So that's the other play I would stay away from. I, I'm not. You can play the flavor of the month, guys, with the Kendall Wright or, or a Tajay Sharp or if you want to take a shot, but I would say that not as consistent of an option as you're going to get out of Rashard Matthews, especially this week. But they'll couldn't, have an option against this defense. Couldn't agree more. It just does look like Richard Matthews is... It has become his go-to target. Uh, but so many people are getting love around, and he's, he's getting so many points that there's trickle-down fantasy economics happening for Wright and Tajay. I mean, he's just spreading the ball around now and getting it to guys who are open and then using Kendall Wright to attack deep when he runs deep posts and deep crossing routes. So they're doing the things that the wide receivers are best at right now, and it's working. And Rashard Matthews with, with six touchdowns in six games. He's got six touchdowns on the season now, and he's up to wide receiver 24 in standard scoring leagues. This is a guy that needs to be owned in all leagues and is a definite starter um, most weeks, but maybe he's more of a flex play on a weekly basis. But, yeah, definitely under starting consideration. Delaney Walker is one of the most consistent tight ends out there. DeMarco Murray's been basically the most consistent running back in the league. I, I think I sent you a nugget there. Yeah. To where I'll give it to you. You want it? Yeah. Uh, DeMarco has finished as an RB1 in eight games. In the two games he didn't finish top 12, he was RB13. So that means he was one out in week five and two out at RB14 in week six. The guy has been That's a dominator. Just, Dominator, I gotta take credit here. I called him as an ROI value big time. Where he was, we were seeing in those mock drafts coming into the season where he was going the fifth round, the sixth round. It was just goo happening all over that. That guy had uh, the upside written all over him. Demarco, it's weird that breakaway, even that seventy-five yarder that we alluded to earlier. He's obviously fast, but he he he, he doesn't have like a. He, he looks like he's like. About taking a dump when he's running. <laughs> like Michael the Burner Turner? I don't know. He's, there's something going on. Like, he's, he's like his tendons and his knees don't move as far. There's a weird kind he's of not sitting a long down. Strider, yeah. He's a sitting down kind of like you're sitting there. It's almost like he's like huffing it. I don't know. But whatever he's doing, it's great. That whole offense, like you said, spreading it around. You got Delaney Walker and you got him. And whatever whatever that offense is up to, yeah. Mamma Mia. And with Marcus Mariota, his actual worst performance over the last five weeks came against these Colts, where he scored against just 16.7 fantasy points at home. So we'll see if that's something that continues, but I think that's maybe his floor. Like, if, if that's going to be his 16? worst game, yeah, that's great. That's going to be his worst game. Fire him up, and I think he's got upside for much, much more, especially on the road where they will have to keep up with the Colts, where the Colts play better, and the Colts' passing game gets going. Um, they play faster, so that means good things for this offense and the passing game. I love all the pieces for the Tennessee Titans. Two things to think about also. The Colts seem to get it going better in the second half, so it means a lot of first-half action for DeMarco. And secondly, that game uh, against Green Bay on Sunday – 
it seemed like a blowout, so they started giving Derrick Henry more action. Where if that was a close game, I don't think Henry would have gotten quite as many carries. It was kind of like, all right. all right, we got this. Let's get the rookie in here. Let's keep DeMarco fresh. And all of a sudden, the Packers kept lighting it up. So there was a lot of more opportunities left on the table just because of the way the gameplay went. Now, now, as we kind of flip it over to the other side with the Indianapolis Colts, and you're saying, well, look, the Colts are a team that, that traditionally starts slow. They're also coming off of a bye week. And from what I've been noticing is that all these teams that are coming off of a bye have been starting slow. And and for whatever reason, where they have all this extra prep time and they should be amped and ready to go, they're just not hitting it as well uh, to start these games. Yeah, I mean, but I think Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief, those are all guys that are going to show up. And then Frank Gore is going to show up. The only real guys that I'm worried about you know, on this offense come from the tight end position. You know, what guys do you want to start Jack Doyle? Do you want to start Dwayne Allen? Are you fading them both because they're going to eat into each other? You know what? I, I feel more comfortable with Jack Doyle just because of the fact that he seems to be the binky or the banky for, uh, <laughs> uh, for Andrew Luck. Dwayne Allen, <laughs> so surprising because this is a guy who always was failing to stay healthy. But when he was healthy, he was the guy that was more favored over a Kobe Fleener, even though Fleener had the long-term relationship with, with, with Luck for the longest period of time because he was the guy that was getting the touchdowns. But it almost just seems like he doesn't do enough agility-wise or, you know, he's really... He's just not very good. That's what he's not that He can't get blocked. That's not, it. And he's not going to do anything with the ball once he gets it. Yeah. Jack Doyle has a little bit more of a little get up and go. He's got more of a fluidity to him as a tight end. I agree. It took a long way to get there. I'm sorry about no, that. No, it's, it's, it's all good. You were you were uh, you were worried about you were thinking about the binky. I was. Hey, hey. I, like, I, like, slapped him I like binkies. <laughs> um, I never yeah. had one though, but uh, I did. I have them in fantasy all the time. Cameron Brate was my binky uh, uh, savior last week. So dollar for a dollar. Let's do this. Um, anything else to say about Lusky? No. Nice. Hey, he's we, at home. They play faster at home. Yeah. They run more hurry up at home. Luck plays better in the hurry up. Like, this is a game where Andrew Luck should go off. I agree. Let's go to uh, a little a little mention from uh, one of our new sponsors that we're happy and proud to represent. Houdini, you are so eloquent. Well, hey, you know, we already know that you love playing fantasy, so we know you'll love playing fantasy on Draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts, just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season-long season. You can do drafts whenever you want, they last for just one day, and they take only minutes to complete. On Draft, you can play for free, or better yet, play for money. And get this, your chances of winning on Draft are over 200% better than your chances of winning on DraftKings or FanDuel. We've been doing drafts all week, and we just did one before the show. I got Le'Veon Bell this week. Yeah, holla for a dollar. <laughs> Eating the Browns alive. You guys are in trouble. So, uh, you know, this is what is fun about it. It's different. You can do different randomizers to come up with uh, which way you're going to have the draft order be, so it's not always going to be the same. Uh, you can always jump in and set things up that way. So Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about draft for six months around here, and we draft for, what, two weeks maybe in the middle of August? Drafting is one of my favorite things to do, and this allows you the chance to do that you know, on a weekly basis, get a new team and sort of different than that salary cap structure, 
to where, you know, there's more strategy. What do you do on the wraparound? What do you do on the turns? How, how are you going to play off these other guys? Who do you think these guys are going to take? And it just allows a little bit of a different look, and more drafting is good drafting. And it allows you different ways to connect with your other friends. Maybe you have friends that you know that you talk fantasy with, but they're not in the same league as you. Well, hey, let's play for a week, and you can get them in the same league, and you can do it in draft style. So... So come on and join us, and when you download Draft, be sure to enter the promo code PYRO, that's P-Y-R-O, to download, just search Draft in the App Store, that's all capitals, D-R-A-F-T, and it will come up first, or go to PlayDraft.com. Remember to enter the promo code PYRO when you download so you get your 100% deposit bonus, and make sure you download Draft now. We will see you in there. Nice work. Awesome. So that means if you throw in 10 bucks, you get a bonus of 10 bucks? Yep. Holla for a dollar. When I'm doing a reach around, I'm going for the Brown too. Antonio Brown, that is. Let's get <laughs> on to the next giggity game. And that's going to be the Bills at the Bengals. I mean, looking at the Bills, you should get a healthy LaShawn McCoy coming back. You should see you know, him with a week of rest off the bye. Healthy, ready to contribute. You know, we saw you know some of that against Seattle, where he looked a little bit healthier. So I, I like Lashawn McCoy against Cincinnati. Lashawn McCoy backfired up. Tyrod Taylor. We saw Eli Manning make some great throws early in that game. You know, the thing is, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins hasn't been back out there, able to get back to practice yet this week. So if you're holding on to a Watkins, you're gonna have to wait a little longer. Uh, other guys that you're looking at, uh, I, Robert Woods. Robert Woods was great, but in that game against Seattle, I don't know if he's going to be able to be that good on a weekly basis. I mean, that was by far the best game of Woods' career. Charles Clay his, is Charles Clay. I'm just <laughs> done with the guy. Woods is the same exact thing that Sammy Coates was three or four weeks before him. What's that? A great, huge freaking game. Number one on the waiver wire, high pickup kind of guy. And uh, I mean, he's, he's always been way more consistent than Sammy Coates. He's also, of course, he's, he's four, also always he's, been. He's four for fifty. You like your five for fifty. He's four for forty-five. But he he has been getting a lot of targets. But he's also he's your perennial right. waiver wire guy. He's been in like a, you could go back for like he's got to be in at least eight out of uh, ten articles so far. Yeah, God, and he's no. always not usually in there. Is what you see is what you get. Yeah. So it's not a guy that you really want to go jump after because again. You just that was a career game. You're not going to get that very often, and at all. And what you get is just meh. Yeah, that's what you get. It, it would be tough to start him and think you're really going to get all that much. Um, you, know, you know where I get a lot? I get a lot with my Valverde's. I said I am an honorable man. I'm sorry. I, I will honor Gabriel. Honorable. 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 I don't know what you're saying. Honorable. 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 I think you're trying to say honorable. Shut up! <laughs> uh, yeah, let's flip over to well, the other one, one, one thing to say, though. If Sammy Watkins, uh, we've been, we, we put it out on twi- Twitter today. If you got a deep bench or if you want us to do a stash play, Sammy Watkins, pick him up this week. He might, I mean, he's not practicing yet. Who knows if it's going to be a dud, but hell, if, they, if you're making it in the playoffs and you're sitting there in, in week uh, 15, 16, and he's playing and going, and he might be a great flex for you, it might be a great RB or uh, wide receiver too, 
Why not? If you if, if you got the space, if you can get him, you get him because look, Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan's going to do everything he can to protect his his sorry ass excuse for the job that he has right now, and that'll mean highlighting Sammy Watkins once he comes back because yeah. that's him and McCoy are the only two playmakers they got in that offense. And that's what happened last year. Remember, Sammy Watkins, his last five games last year was where he just hit the pay dirt. So let's go on to the Bengals. Uh, man, they started out hot. They they, they answered uh, a quick drive by the Giants and looked like it was just going to be anything goes with the trickery and all the instant, interesting uh, formations they've got. You know, AJ Green getting stuff happening, Eifert getting stuff happening, just did not end up being the case. It just was one of those stories like we've all had. When we get hot early, we start thinking, wow, this is going to be the best game of my life. I'm awesome. I, I rule. I can't uh, miss. And then all of a sudden, you're like, why the fuck did I say that right in the first free part of the game? I sucked every moment after I thought that. That was basically Dalton last night. Oh, he was a guy I, I was like looking for the values because I wanted to play in DFS last week and I was playing. I wanted the backfield of Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson. And so I'm like, who's that quarterback pig that I can find down in the, in the rankings that I can start? And it was Andy Dalton, and he did not pay off. I mean, he was okay. No, not for the points that I needed because, unfortunately, yeah. I, I do like these smaller tournaments, and so... And you never know who's going to be in your tournament. So I had, like, one of my tournaments where it was, like, also I thought I was being sneaky with Cole Beasley, who did nothing for me. Uh, 48% of the people in my tournament had Cole Beasley in their lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton, I don't like him this much this week. I think he's a bottom-end QB1, you know, maybe even outside of QB1 territory this week. I don't really, you know, he's better at home, though. He's another guy who likes playing at home and who shines outside of the bright lights. He's always a guy who doesn't seem to perform well in prime time. <laughs> so we'll see if that's something that could pay off for him. But I also think Buffalo's going to be able to score enough points to where this game's going to have a little bit of sneaky shootout potential. But I also think these defenses are both good, so we shouldn't expect a giant fantasy game out of either. But the rest of the weapons... Yeah, well, okay, so how about the guy that's the most confounding to me? Because it's, it's seriously, every single time I go, wait, am I going to start Jeremy Hill this week? Am I going to bench Jeremy Hill this week? I bench Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill scores a touchdown. Yep. So keep so benching him for the good of the rest of society. <laughs> <laughs> it helps the rest of us. Well, let's start like. I'm usually going in leagues where it's like, I'm usually one, I have this like crazy 16 team league where we can start up to like five wide receivers if we want and no running backs, or I can go one running back and four. Um, that's usually the way that I go. If you had to pick one running back, you're going to go Jeremy Hill or Frank Gore this week? Frank Gore. All right, there you go. All the time. <laughs> Frank Gore is going to get you. Eight to ten points, and I know that. <laughs> Tyler Eifert, good. Guy is good. They got to get him the ball more. They got to figure it out. But that dude, you look at him, just lined up. Even that first play that was, what, as long as seven, 70, 71 yards. 71 yards. He lit, he's he's an offensive lineman. Do you know he did it in the end zone? How many points that would have been in oh like so God. many leagues because long touchdown bonus? Oh. oh. Yeah. Uh, love and Eifert, for those of you that. Went out on a limb. He probably still went pretty high in the, in the 11 to uh, maybe 10 to, to, to 13 round uh, area, even knowing he was out. 
Uh, if you went out on a limb and, 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 and drafted him then and kept him on your bench and stuck with him, right now you're fired up. I know I did that in a few leagues. I'm sure you guys did as well. So that guy is just exciting to watch. Let's just keep that guy healthy for the rest of his career. And uh, he's, a he's, he's a dynamic, dynamic player. Uh, anything else that we want to talk about any of these guys? Brandon LaFell sucks. No, no, Brandon Fell. I mean, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, that's where it really matters because you're starting A.J. Green. You should be starting Tyler Eifert. Uh, the rest, so, Jeremy Hill, is it a great matchup for him this week? No. I mean, we've seen – yeah, I, it might be a great matchup for him. I just don't know if I could do it. Like, my level of trust in Jeremy Hill just never is there. I mean, we saw pretty much everybody have big games against Buffalo early in the season – you know, they're fed up with Marcel Darius, so they, they don't seem to want to play him, apparently. So, I just don't know. Hill's hit or miss, but he's I mean, an interesting RB, too. They've given up 11 rushing touchdowns, so, you know, yeah. you got that. So, you know, so that, that's why I think it's like it's interesting um, that for Hill, but I, I agree with you that the Frank Gore is the better one. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to rock out. Um, into the next matchup. Before then, let's uh, have a little word from our sponsors. Buccaneers at the Chiefs. Buccaneers coming off a huge win off of our lowly Bears. Looking all right. Go, heading out to Kansas City to um, the land of chicken and barbecue, the Arrowhead Stadium, where Chiefs are coming off a huge victory against the Carolina Panthers. Let's start, obviously, with the visiting team, Buccaneers. I don't want to talk about Mike Evans because I love the guy so much, but he's already apologized that he took a knee and um, caused controversy. Why does a guy, a guy like him doesn't need that at all? He's seen, he's seen past brethren like Johnny Football uh, beat D-bags. Just, just, just suck it up and play. But he didn't have a great game other than one completion, to be honest, this week. Uh, let's Which was the greatest completion of the <laughs> week? Uh, okay, I think that was. I think that that overplays the AJ Green catch that everyone thought was the best player of the year. I think that was the best player of the year. No. It was ridiculous. More so by Winston. He dropped. Well, yeah, it's all Winston. He drops back, sees the the trouble, and the fact that he. It, it turns the wrong way and then kind of turns back and is stumbling now. 15 to 17, 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage in the end yeah, zone. Safety zones. And yeah. then spins back around, somehow avoids more contact, and then throws the ball, what, 47 yards downfield to Mike Evans, who makes a leaping catch in the middle of the field. It was just so Bears as well as it was Jameis Winston. It's just bad tackling. Let's be serious. Bears, Stags. Stags doesn't want us to go too much into the previous games, and I respect that. So, what are you thinking for Evans in this Great matchup wow. with with fly, with uh, not Flowers? Flowers now on the, the Chargers with, uh, going against these DB DBs. Usually, when I say DBs, I mean these DBs. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking defensive backs this time, people. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I like Evans. I'm not worried about Peters. Peters is a guy who gambles, and that leads to opportunities on double moves and getting down the field vertically. So. I like Evans. I mean, his floor is just so high right now. In PPR leagues, he hasn't scored a game this season with less than 10 fantasy points. Uh, in standard leagues, he doesn't have a game with less than, what, five? So this is a guy, you just play him no matter what. Uh, it's such a high floor. You know, 
doesn't matter. Week-to-week -week basis, this guy's a stud. In DFS, that, it might be a slight reason to fade him, but other than that... Are you guys worried about what you saw week one from uh, the muscle hamster? He really, I got to be honest, more so than ever in my life, he looked super small <laughs> playing the football. He looked really small. Are you worried about him moving forward? No. I mean, I don't love him in this matchup. I think he's more of a RB2 than an RB1. And But you're just waiting for the playoffs for the muscle hamster. You're waiting until he gets the Saints a couple times. You're waiting until he gets these power matchups. Uh, you're also kind of grooming him back into the into the mix. So, you know, you're not... When you come out with a hammy for that long, you're going to take your time yeah. back getting back involved. Everybody sucks the first week off the yeah, season. Yeah. Everybody sucks. That's it. I mean, the second week, they usually look a lot better. Yeah. So... If you want to play Doug Martin as your RB2, I'm fine with it. Uh, I think he's got enough going on against these Chiefs that it should work out well for him. The Chiefs are, are middle of the road against opposing running backs. They just don't seem to give up very many rushing touchdowns. So that's, But they do give up passing ones. Oh, my God. That, this is why Mike Evans is huge. Now, the other thing that they do well, though, is stop tight ends. Now, Cameron Bray, here's a guy that showed up huge last week and the last few weeks. He's just been... That, again, he's the binky for Jameis Winston. He's a guy that he, he, he's leaning on constantly. If, if Evans is covered, then he second check down is look at Bray, throw the ball to Bray. A stag party nugget. Keep going while you're going. Cameron Bray has more fantasy points this season than Jordan Reed and Travis Kelsey. Bray! Whoa, that's a good one. Who's Johnny Pot Smoker? That's my alter ego. Oh, babe, no, I thought that was my alter ego. No, that's my alter ego. Your alter ego is Smokey McPot. Oh, yeah. My alter ego is Derek's Pot Smoker. <laughs> that's a bad alter ego. <laughs> I keep going back to it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you're a little bit concerned about with Cameron Bright, touchdown dependency. Mm -hmm. I mean, outside of Antonio Gates, no tight end's really been more dependent on touchdowns for his fantasy points. So that's something that's a little bit concerning. How often can that continue? Especially now that they're finally getting running backs back in the fold who are healthy and able to contribute and hopefully find the end zone at a more regular rate. Well, how about this, though? Cameron Brake, Kobe Fleener. Cameron Brake. Cameron Brake, Ladarius Green. Drinky, I like it. <laughs> that, that's not even a question. You're not even giving we me good options. Checking your loyalty. I'm just, I'm just going check down. Checking your loyalty. Now, Ezekiel so, no, no, let's, go, let's go with the matchup. Cameron Brake to Travis Kelsey. Who are you starting this week? It should be Travis Kelsey against Tampa Bay. Just because. I mean, Kansas City is great against now, Zach Miller was my, my play against Tampa Bay last week for a tight end DFS in one of my leagues. That one didn't pay off. Asking for a friend. Luckily, that was in the same league I picked Cole Beasley. I, just, I bombed one league. So I forgot on a weekly basis. That's, that's why you do 13 leagues, right? That's why I do like, I do like six. Because I, mean, I do a main league, then I do like a couple just uh, 405 only games, then I do uh, late afternoon and Sunday games, and then I'll even do like a parlay if I'm, if I'm having a real bad week, and it's only happened once, then I'll do the uh, Monday night game with the Thursday night game. So you're bridging have two you ever, weeks. Have you ever heard a closer thing than Forrest Gump? To Houdini and DFS than just Love shrimp. Uh, we got then, if not, <laughs> then I definitely do this. Hey, that's Houdini, exactly Houdini how battles work. 
Betters always go by, well, what's the diet? I got to have one more chance to make another bet, and then, you know. Asian shrimp, fried shrimp. That's, but that's, that's, not, that's not for us, though. Fair enough. That's Fair what I feel like you were listening. Yeah. Right now, I'm going to drink so many beers tonight that I'm going to be like Lieutenant Dan. Oh. oh, so on PC. So, after seeing, uh, you know, what he's been able to do this season, I think Jameis Winston, you know, is a good start, not a great start this week. Flipping over to the other side. Can we, can we do one thing, though? As far as the whole dynamic where you're, and this isn't trying to pick you guys up against each other at all, because they're both awesome quarterbacks and the, the future of the league. A Winston and uh, The Winston Mariota. and Mariota thing. Fantasy. Just fantasy right now. Not rest of the season, but just in general teams they have. What are you guys thinking? I mean, is is next, next, I, I don't know how to frame this question, but... Who, you, who do you like? I mean, who do you like as a quarterback for fantasy football for their team for the NFL right now with their given situations and their talents and their contributions? Wow, you, you put too many levels. There's on a lot of it. So do if, it, I'm, looking, if, if I'm looking for fantasy, I mean, I still I'm still on the Jameis train, and and the biggest reason for that is I can say Mike Evans. And that helps him so much more than anything that Mariota has out there. How about Mariota's likes? Well, that's the so same. Mariota's legs versus Mike Evans. Because everything else, you look at the tight end, uh, arguably Marcus Mariota's better. His offensive line is drastically well, better. Drastically better. His, no his two, wide receiver two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight he are better. better. Yeah. All those running backs, better. I mean, the old, so is it It's Marcus Mariota's legs? Versus Mike Evans. Well, see, but I also look at it this way. It's like, what has the Titans done? What have they done? They've, they've added a lot to that offense by adding on to the offensive line, by bringing in DeMarco Murray, by signing in Derrick Henry. But all that focus has been toward running the ball. And they have not done anything to address that number one wide receiver well, position. They actually shipped away their failed wide receiver. Well, uh, Rashard uh, Matthews guy they signed in free well, agency. Well, who they signed in free agency, but who is not a guy that you're looking at is never going to say, well, he's our wide receiver one and a, and a top top ten wide receiver in the league. All right, let's go over to the Chiefs side of the ball. Go for it, buddy. Alex Smith going back to the well, streaming against Tampa Bay. After Jay Cutler couldn't do it, I think Alex Smith is a guy who has like a 15-point expectation. And in DFS, that's a decent return, depending on his salary. I haven't looked into him too much yet. But as a streaming option, you could do worse. You could start Carson Wentz when he throws for 250 yards and no touchdowns because Ryan Matthews is suddenly good again. Uh, But I'll stop with the bitterness. <laughs> I, I just think Alex Smith is gonna be there for you know 250 yards, one or two touchdowns, you know against this Tampa Bay defense. So interesting play. I think Spencer Ware gets back. Uh, running backs don't you know perform as great when Gerald McCoy's in the lineup. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on. But Spencer Ware got back in the flow of it. I liked what he was able to do. But the real talk is about the wide receivers and talking about Tyree Kill. Yes. Yeah. Kelsey's sort of an every week starter. What do you think about Tyreek Hill and then I any, like, any of these other guys? I, I don't really care about any of the other guys. They don't get targeted enough. They don't throw the ball enough there. You're, you're not going to get any potential, even though it's this offense against this defense. I don't see a 350-yard game potential for an Alex Smith. So Tyreek Hill is the guy with Jerry Macklin out. That's the key. With Macklin out, Hill's getting all the targets. You know, Conley had like one... A couple of nice targets here or there. Had a shot on the end zone. Didn't connect. 
But I think it was like three targets at the end of the day, two catches or something at the end of the day. Led, led the all wide receivers with snaps. I mean, he was on the field the most. But I agree. But, but not, but not getting not, looks. But not getting looks. And, and that's what's so frustrating. It about is. But Tyreek Hill is getting looks, and so it, it's kind of like when I look at Tyreek Hill, the way I, I kind of envision him, the way it's going this year, and the way that they run their offense is very similar. Uh, is like Minnesota with how they use Stephon Diggs, you know, and that's kind of seems like they'll, they'll take their shots, but otherwise he's there. Up, you know, the just, just extension of the running game. Extension of the running game. Let's, let's just get the seven, eight, nine yards and, and take the shots. And, and we finally saw that because without Macklin there, Hill what was it ten catches for eighty-nine yards, and then he also had a run for twelve yards. I'm just genuinely concerned about Tyreek Hill. His you know targets per snap were unsustainable. He put like twenty-six snaps in that game. He wasn't out there on every play, and they want him to be so involved in the run game because since our uh, Kansas City cares so much about their special teams, that's something that they, they do better than like every team in the league is have playmakers in the right place. So I, I'm worried. That I, if this is yeah a breakout game. Now, do they move him along? Does he become more involved in the offense going forward? Does he play more snaps because? That targets per snap just doesn't seem sustainable right now. But if Macklin's going to be out, he's an interesting op- option. I don't think I ranked Macklin this week so far, so we'll see what's going to happen with him later in the week. Cool. Before we get to the next game, quick prior promo. Check out our Twitter account, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. Uh, Stag Party, I was doing some great fantasy football nuggets. We retweet some of the greatest uh, minds and beat writers out there in fantasy football. I think our Twitter account is friggin' awesome, and we get tons of people signing up on a daily basis, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Also, on the flip side, check out Pyromaniac Mo. He's the guy that does uh, the Pyro Podcast Life. Check out his Twitter account, and that is at, as it sounds, Pyromaniac Mo. He's um, he's more he's not as frequently on on Twitter, and, but he he does a great job following some great minds as well and promoting uh, our content and as well as some of the great stuff out there. So as far as Twitter goes, you know how we feel about it. It's a great tool. Follow the beat writers. Check it out. Another account that you should check out is Pyro. Is it underscore heartbeat? Um, we got a uh, Pyro underscore heartbeat. On Twitter, and that is uh, our new boy doing the killer fucking. Uh, How do you spell heartbeat? H A R T B E A T. There you go. So it's not it's not the way you usually spell it, but uh, awesome, awesome new guy. We got Heart Heartnet rocking out our, um, our our news feeds. Is he part of the Heart Foundation? Like you know, like Jim the Anvil Nightheart and uh, Brett the Hitman Heart. We were gonna, we, we were gonna have that be the name, but we, we decided <laughs> not to. Um, but yeah, he's doing a great job in the news feeds. His, he's a new guy uh, rocking out Twitter, and he's really gonna be bringing our news excerpts from our Pyro Heavy and from the Pyro Light Show, and really kind of sum, summarizing a lot of thoughts and nuggets from there. So check him out as well. That's Pyro. Um, on Twitter. Let's go to the Bears at the New York Giants. And what's up, Alshon Jeffrey? Is it Adderall? What did what, what, what he do? They're He's, saying it's like a coding agent to some anti-inflammatory, but it was on the ban list, and if you don't get it passed by the NFL, it's a PED, and that's it. 
You're an idiot. You just lost yourself $3.9 million. In a, in a contract year while you're on the franchise tank, dumbass. No way they're re-signing the guy. He's, he's just... Yeah, he's no not way. Working. But the question is, where do you want Alshon to go? Because I'm going to kill P.K. Ripper if he keeps suggesting the Tennessee Titans and he's going to ruin Marcus Mariota. I agree with that. I <laughs> Don't agree ruin with that. Marcus Mariota no, with Alshon I agree with that. But the universe? Screw the universe. <laughs> That's what Alshon's trying to do. I know. Like, just screw whatever football uniform, universe, locker room. Here's what I hope. Here's what I hope. I hope he signs with San Francisco for more money than Torrey Smith. But not because of your like for them, but just it seems like something they would do. Can I tell you what I hope they, he does? I hope he goes and signs with the LA Rams. <laughs> that would work. I mean, it's a big market for him, whatever. Why not? I like that. Go there. Let Goff have that. But you know where he'll end up? He'll end up in Dallas. No, no way. <laughs> they are not going to let that happen. They, they got some nice congruency happening there. Could you Everyone imagine knows. the fights between Alshon and Dez? That'd be good TV if they put him on uh, Hard Knocks. Dude. I think Dez, Dez wins every would time. literally every time. smoke Alshon within two punches. Alshon's a pussy. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> talk about players that actually Let's talk about Jay Cutler. He loves him. He's awesome. <laughs> We're screwed. Uh, last thing I'm going to say here is I hope, I know I keep, you guys are going to doubt this, and I'm not going to even respond to your doubt. I want Tony Rowan to be our quarterback next year. I Ooh. like it. <laughs> Better than any option that we have right now. Yeah. Uh, but well, let's talk about this week. Let's talk about this week. Let's talk about... Talk about the running backs. No, let's talk about Jay Cutler. Okay, fine. Start there. Because you're not starting him. And we can move on to the running backs. Jordan Howard, injury, ankle, no. Achilles, maybe? No. I mean, Jordan Howard says he's not injured. Right. John Fox says he was injured. Backtracked on that today and said, oh, he wasn't injured. We just had to go with other guys because we were down. Now, that's a bunch of BS because watching the game, he limped off the field noticeably. I don't know if that was early fourth quarter, late third quarter, but it was noticeable. So yeah, we'll see. It's something we're going to have to monitor, but we'll have to see the practice reports. We'll have to see when he's back in there. We'll have to see if he's limited, if he participates. And we'll just have to wait for a final designation. But if he's in there, you should start him yeah. because he is very good. In like the month of October, he has the most rushing yards ever by a rookie running back. And they're, they're like ahead of a guy named Ezekiel Elliott. So he's good when given the football, and they just don't do it enough. And, and the Bears coaching staff is stupid. They are. You know, I think I, I, I told I everybody on my radio show, don't believe Jake Hutler. And don't just don't believe it. It's a trap. It's the meme. It's a trap. It's a trap. Like it, the matchup could be whatever you want it to be. It's just Jake Hutler. No, but it's also you saying it, the play calling. This is what this is the thing that hampers Jordan Howard. The one thing that anyone saw out there watching the first half of that Bears-Bucks game is that Jordan Howard was running ramp shot through the Bucks defense. Just all Seven over. yards a carry. And not one, only one time of, a, of his carries did he get two carries, two plays in a row. Yeah. So that's play calling. And unfortunately, you have a guy in Dowell Loggins that doesn't understand uh, that even if you're, you're down by 14 points... You still need to be able to run the ball if that's what's effective for you and not go to this predictable. Play your best hand. Yeah. Play so, your best foot forward. 
So, let's talk about the replacements for Alshon Jeffrey. Is it going to be Cam Mary? I didn't like that movie. I know you guys like that movie. I was not a fan. The replacements? Yeah, no. Great movie. What? What? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was bad. What? Less respect for you. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and watch First and Ten on HBO. That, that's much better. Though. All right. Uh... Replacements. Cam Meredith is, is the guy who played a ton of snaps last week. Ninety-nine percent of the snaps caught one now, pass. Caught one pass on hail, hail Mary. Mary deflection. Not even like a, not even a tip to himself like AJ Green did. No. It was a deflection off other defenders. So it's not even that impressive. Like it, it's just I happen to be there. Will he now get more targets? The guy I'm counting on to get more targets is Zach Eddie, Miller. Oh, and Eddie Royal, too. I, he's the only guy who's a proven pass catcher and healthy. Didn't they just uh, activate uh, Marquise, Marquise Wilson, Marquise off, Wilson. The, off the pup list? You, 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 again, you're gonna, you can't count on those guys for consistent production. But I, he's probably the guy most likely to take Alshon's snaps. Correct, but at the same time, he's not going to get Alshon's targets. Let's move on. Was Alshon getting targets? Stay away. <laughs> Only a little bit more with, with, with Jay, but no, yeah. not a time. I mean, Marquise Wilson's had some good games, so he's a guy to monitor uh, on your waiver wire. He's just a guy I want to see do it. But if Cameron Meredith is out there, you got to pick him up just for the shot that he gets half of what Alshon was getting and then maybe what he had you know, pre uh, Jay Cutler. So we'll see how that develops. Zach Miller, I think, gets an uptick in targets. I think he's going to be more dependable as the season wears on. And he's a top 10 tight end on the season. Flipping over to the other side, Eli Manning. What, what was that thing you tweeted out the other night? Oh, hold on. Uh, Andy Dalton just did the worst interception <laughs> I've ever seen. Eli Manning, here, hold my drink. I got this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean... Yes. Un-city. But, 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 but it's un-city, but at the same time, this is the Bears. This is Odell Beckham. This is, I, I think, the matchup where you get well. I mean, the Bears are the team that people, uh, other teams are looking at and salivating over them being in their lineup because when you have those struggle games, this is a get-well team. Uh, basically, Odell Beckham at home is averaging like 13 fantasy points more than on the road. Wow. So... Yeah, he's still at home this week, last time I checked. So this is an interesting time to play him again. Bears are worst against wide receivers. Play Odell Beckham. Play Sterling Shepard. Hell, depending on who the third wide receiver is, if it's Victor Cruz or if it's Roger Lewis, you know, who had an egregious drop and sort of got benched for it a little bit. But you got to think that if it's a new week, no Victor Cruz, he'll be back out there. Uh, and be that guy. And all three of these guys should be playable because the Giants are in three wide receiver sets almost 100% of the times that they throw this season. So here's the other They said 95% of the time overall. Overall, it's, like, it's, it's ridiculous. The other thing that's interesting play is a will tie. Now you, you have what Cameron Brait just did to the Bears last week. You have linebackers that just are not going to be able necessarily to keep up. You know, I, I think I think that's not the greatest play. I'd much rather play the wide receivers. I test. Well, I would rather play the wide receivers, but I, 
it, if it's a low end dart throw like in a DFS play, I, I I would take a shot there. I'm getting closer to starting Jarrell Adams over Will Tyler. Really? Okay. Well, here's Jarrell did get the nice touchdown, but you and I, I like timing a couple nice plays. They're also not on the same page. I mean, there was a couple. There was yeah. a touchdown throw. The tie went up where Peyton. I mean, not Peyton. Yeah, Eli. Peyton. Peyton. Eli uh, was just like literally. It's like. He doesn't get steamed all that often, but he was like, dude, how do you go up there? We've worked on this endlessly. You're not a rookie. You're not a new guy. You got to know what we're doing. Um, anyway, let's, um, let's hit the running backs quick. Yeah. It, it looked like Rashad Jennings back, got back, established himself as the lead dog again, you know, quelling the Paul Perkins hype train for yet another week. So that sucks. So if you're going to start one of them, it should be Jennings, but... Keep Paul Perkins on your bench as he could be a guy who's a difference maker down the stretch. That offensive line is sort of just in shambles, however. Uh, injury, gonna, injuries all over, so it's tough to start any of their running backs. And I'm going to have John Gruden in the back of my head when it comes to fantasy football and running backs on the New York Giants from that last game and every game that he ever talks about when you're talking about they don't run, they, ne- they don't commit to the run, they don't go to the run, and they did have success in some great uh, third and fourth quarter plays, and obviously Jennings looked all right there for a bit. But they just do not seem to want to run. Not so since, you not don't want those uh, guys playing in your, on your, in your backfield. Not since the days of Tiki Barber and Ron Dane and the great Joe Morris back in the day. Remember <laughs> Joe Morris? Of course. I mean, the thing is, like, when you have a, a pass game coordinator as your head coach, it's sort of just what happens. <laughs> I, 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 he's, he's, I swear he looks like the guy uh, from looks like a guy out of Office Space. I'm, every time I see him, I'm like, jump to conclusions. Least, least you actually jump to conclusions. Least football player looking guy of all time. Well, let's go before we go to the next uh, the next matchups. Matt can do about nothing. Sorry. There we go. Um, let's have a, a little listen to this. All right, the Cardinals. At the Vikings, two teams that people thought were bound to be in, uh, in, in the NFC Championship against each other uh, in about week three are not necessarily feeling so much like that. Let's start with the Cardinals. Is Carson Palmer going to retire after this year? Nah, that's not the question. How's Carson Palmer going to do in this matchup? thing is, he's probably going to be okay, not great, to where he's going to finish around like QB 16 or something. Like, he's going to be good, playable, but not not a great option, lacking a lot of upside. It's, it's all about David Johnson. David Johnson's taken so many of his touchdowns. That his overall numbers, you know, his passing numbers are all there. The yards are there. The completion percentage is close enough now to last year. But the touchdowns just aren't there. So that's the major difference for me to where, you know, David Johnson's the man. Play David Johnson. We just saw Jordan Howard run all over them a couple weeks ago. What do you think about Palmer? The thing with Palmer is it's also not only that it's David Johnson – it's the fact that we looked at these receivers going into this year going, wow, these are all top 30 receivers, uh, somewhere between 25 and 30. <laughs> and you have only gotten production out of one of them. It's been Larry Fitzgerald, and the other two have just not shown. 
And that's the problem for Palmer. The fact that you have the inconsistency with John Brown with his injuries and that it's slowing him down with the hamstring. The fact that Michael Floyd will make a great play and then it will just disappear for a game and a half. Uh, and then the fact that you... J.J. Nelson J. J. Nelson wide receiver too. And the fumbled, guys, and literally fumbled yeah. it away. Yeah, he's the slightest guy I've ever seen in an NFL pads. And then the other problem that he has, well, yes, it's a Bruce Arians offense. So you don't have real any difference maker at the tight end position. You're throwing out Darren Fells and a Jermaine Gresham. So you're limited, and 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 where you get the better games from Palmer is where you get David Johnson more active as a receiver and doing damage on screen plays. Well, I'm going to give Stags. Because you just, the thing that you're not getting from these receivers is run after catch. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not separating once they get the ball and making big plays. So they, it's taking away from Palmer. He throws the ball, they get tackled. Well, you remember last year, a lot of those plays, John Brown especially, were fluke, long, 70-yard touchdowns were like, how did he not get tackled? How did they miss him? Some talent on his part. There was a lot of plays where were just like, you played him, he had one catch, his first 80 yards and a long touchdown. Those plays aren't happening. And that's just, they had the serendipity, serendipitous moments last year, and they're not there this year. And I think you're going to find they're not going to come back. That offense is an old old deal. They're going to kind of move on, I think. You, But you have... David Johnson, who is probably the most lethal, up-and-coming talents in the league, besides maybe Ezekiel. I mean, it's all there. Gordon as well. But I'm going to give Stag Party his little nugget, let him throw down on the top four running backs, that whole story with uh, those guys. So basically the top four running backs in standard scoring right now, uh, which include Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, DeMarco Murray, uh, and what? Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. They would have finished 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th in last year's scoring. And it's just been 9 or 10 games for each of them. So the year of the running back resurgence is here. Wow. LeGarrette Blunt is, what, running back 5 right now on the strength of his 12 rushing touchdowns. We'll get to him later. You know, David Johnson, just play the guy every week. Don't get cute. Yes. I don't care what the matchup is. Johnson's got 179 points. Mark DeMarco's got 177, Gordon 180, Elliott 183. Those guys, that, that's top 10 action throughout the whole season for the running back position. That's incredible. And that just shows you the way the fluctuation happens how we talk. Now it's all about the wide receiver. Now, and there's been some duds at the running back. You know, <laughs> Lamar Miller, first rounder, dud. There's other duds. Well, Adrian Pearson, Adrian Pearson, Adrian Pearson, Pearson, but that's injury. You know, injury. But, but that's, that's what's interesting is that, again, Remember this: the NFL is always cyclical. Yeah. So even if it's going one way, it'll it, it's always going to come back, and, and because it's about players and talent. And if the players that have the talent, if the, that player is a running back, then he gets the ball. Yeah. Let's move on to the next matchup. We know which you play Larry Fitzgerald, you play uh, David Johnson. Other than that, I think you're staying away from most of it. Let's move over to Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Not much happens so, here. Again, here's Let's, a. Be quick on these. Well, guys. be quick because I, you, I, you cannot start any of their running backs. Even in this matchup, for sure, but even on, on most other weeks. It's I Diggs, don't care. It's Diggs and Randolph. So it, those, those are the two. 
And those are the two that you're going to get consistent production out of. You can't even really start Sam Bradford because their offensive line is, is putting him in compromising positions and he's going to be a guy that will fumble the ball. You're not going to get any 300-yard games. Diggs and PPR is just insane yeah. uh, because he's giving you about 10 to 13 flipping catches every damn week right now. Not giving you the yardage. He needs to hit on the long one, but you're getting 13 catches for 75, 80 yards. You know I love some of the next gen stats or whatever the stats are that he's the fat he had the fastest moment they said either this season or in the history where Diggs catching the ball and running with the ball at one point was the fastest of miles any play. per hour yeah miles per hour any just season. under twenty three <laughs> who, who, and he beat out um, that's faster than I can drive in Chicago yeah <laughs> beat out Walls sure. so that just shows you this guy is fast as f. Remember, we talked about Stephon Diggs and his average depth of target the week before. That changed a little bit. They gave him some deep shots, and then they still gave him those underneath routes. And I said, if you give him both of those things, he will be a stud. It happened last week. It might be a little bit tougher for him with the coverage of maybe a Patrick Peterson following him around, but he plays so much in the slot. Peterson's not going to be there. So, Stephon Diggs should avoid the top coverage. That's good for him. Rudolph, you know, Arizona's actually the top team against tight ends. So, if you can look at other spots, uh, you know, maybe it's a good time to do it. He just looks like a guy who scores so often on a regular basis now that, that he should be involved a little bit. Running backs outside the realm of possibility. And the rest of the, so the rest of the receivers include Sam Bradford. Because unless he's just pummeling him with targets... Uh, Stephon Diggs. It's not going to be a great day. Yeah, and the thing with Stephon Diggs, too, is that the Vikings are not able to put anybody away, so they're, all their games are close. You know, this is where that, that's why you're going to get in those last two, three drives of the game where Diggs just gets peppered with targets because they have to get a first down. And the best play for them to get four or five yards is the quick little end to Diggs. And they run that over and over and over again. Alright, before we get into the first of the afternoon games, uh, which is the Dolphins and the Rams. I just want to, this isn't a pyro promo or anything. This is a quick know your, know your league, know your rules type of uh, you know, PA announcement. Check out when your trade deadline uh, ends because it might have already happened, but if it didn't, make sure you know it because uh, I know in one league I was uh, trying to make some trades in the last second and uh, it ended on the 6th of November. So don't think that you've got something in your back pocket that you can come with, come up with down the road. Know your league. Know when the, your trade deadline is. It might have already passed. If it doesn't and you're looking to upgrade, you're looking to make some moves, check that thing out. I think that's very important. You know, before we get into these afternoon games too, I just want to kind of take a moment here and reflect a little bit. This is show 250. 250 effing shows that we have done uh, at pyromaniac.com and it is amazing. Thank you to all of our listeners for, for supporting us through through all this uh, all these endeavors and all these years and all these episodes and uh, thank you to D-Rex, thank you to Stag Party for uh, committing and to, to making this a reality. And, and it's just been it's been a lot of fun. And Dogmatica, the and Dog Manica, who's, a, yeah, who's a part of 100%. so many so many of those episodes, and that's that, that's awesome. We miss you. A lot of people miss you, and uh, you're you're a great part of the show. Uh, but yeah, no, you're so right. That's a lot of 
jealous. We had, we, we, and commitment. 250, that's a quarter of the way to a thousand shows. And you didn't figure 250 and we do about an average of at least minimum two hours a show. So you know that we've logged at least 500 hours, but we're really talking it's like. It's usually closer to three. Closer to three. So you're, we're, we're probably close to somewhere between 700 to 800 hours of recording. Yeah. And if you're really bored and you have and you're new to the game, check out episode 200 where we went. What was that? Five and a half. That was our five and a half. And by the end of it, you can't understand us because we're so drunk and we were just celebrating. We're not doing that on 250, but we're 50 after that. I think I missed 200. Yeah, you gotta. You missed that on purpose. Like you drunk idiots are gonna be. No, I had something to do that just happened to be that week. And you're like, I don't don't want to be a part of a five and a half hour podcast. We told you we were gonna be crazy, and you're like, um, all right. I can only drink so many monsters and Gatorades. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to be a part of this one. That was a good move because at the end, Dogmatic was laid down. I was slurring. We're high fiving, hugging each other. I think they were crying. There was crying going on. But I like that you bring that up. And Stag Party, shout out to you. We love the knowledge and the in the in the, uh, the the mindset that you brought to the show over the years. Houdini, the commitment and the the awesomeness that. This show really was revamped because you were brought onto the mix, and we just have a good time, man. It's just really, I look forward to this. There's not many things I look forward to on a weekly basis. Obviously, there's a couple times every couple months where you're like, shit, I'd, I'd love to just watch the Family Feud right now and not <laughs> have to do this shit tonight, and we're all there. But it's so much fun to do it, and we get these shows up, we get the response, and we hear the listener, and we see the growth, and it's um it's fun. We know we're doing something different, and we know we're uh, we're on we're on we're in uncharted waters. And let's let it just be known before you get to your audio bite. We've been doing this. Everyone's doing a podcast, but we've been doing this for a lot longer than everyone you're listening to. There's a handful of exceptions, but we've been doing the pirate podcast for longer than the shows that the other podcasts you're listening to. Holla for a dollar. Love you, fellas. Here we go. They laughed at us when we said that aliens existed, and they mocked us when we started wearing bubble wrap jumpsuits. But who's laughing now, huh? (laughs) I'll tell you who's laughing now. We are! Soon we will leave this lame planet and fly through outer space with cool aliens who like us. It is going to be awesome. Zoltan! 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 Here's what I'll say. We'll make great pets. Valverde! I just got a really bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. Maybe you should go sit on the toilet. No. No. You know what the feeling is? Sloth. I'm in love with Wanda, and you're in love with Wilma. Tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna go down to the impound lot and get the car, and then we're gonna go over to the twins' house and beg for them to take us back. Let's do it. Oh, no, hold on. I gotta take a crap. Told you. I know your body. <laughs> so scary. Who <laughs> yeah. on? Dolphins at Rams. Tannehill had his uh, one of his greater games. I'm not going to say a word on this one. I'll let you guys do. Uh, here's what I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but I'll say. Two, sha, sha, hush, hush, 
Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't give me the big game that I was uh, touting for him as uh, my DFS play. Uh, got, got all the yards and then doesn't get the touchdowns. Yep, David Williams is turning out to be a vulture oh, these last couple weeks, and we'll see if that's something that continues. But Damian Williams is sort of a must-own handcuff if you're a JHI owner because he would come into a, a giant role in a team committed to the run game right now if something were to happen. Uh, so just keep that in mind. If you're a JHI owner, now's the time to pick up handcuffs. This is a team that's completely committed to the run. And now that they're adding some deep shots elements to this passing game with Devontae Parker, with Kenny Stills, it's only going to open up running lanes for JGI. Uh Jarvis Landry, on the other hand. That's the guy who loses. That, that's where I wanted to go with this. Because for the last, what, two years, Landry has been heavily, heavily targeted. Uh, using him as a, a way to supplement not having a running game. Now that they have the run, uh, running game, they're not giving the 25 bubble screens a game to Jarvis Landry where he was able to rack up all those extra yardage, and especially in PPR. And that's also led to the development and the potential for Devontae Parker to take a bigger step. So I'm a, I'm a Landry owner in the league. you got to temper your expectations right now. you got to realize that they're dialing things back. And the other biggest problem that you have as a Landry owner is he is not a touchdown machine. So you just don't get any type of red zone real activity out of him. It has to be him making a move around, catching the ball around the 15-yard line and making a move to get in the end zone because once they get inside the 10, he's non-existent. And I don't, I'm not an owner of him. I, I don't really know what's going on, but he's not necessarily the, the PPR machine that he was no. before. He used, to, he used to have like you know nine catches for... 40 yards, that's just not what's going on with him anymore. I mean, pretty much since J.J.I. came on board, you saw his targets. Uh, so J.J.I. really got going, what, week five, yeah, week six? That. So, uh, week one, 10. Week two, 13. Three targets, three targets, yeah. And then week four, he had 10. And then week five, three, nine, eight, six, six. I mean, he's still catching at least three are passes. Doing, are you giving sin, satanic messages? Six, six, six. <laughs> let's let's move on to, to the rest of that. Uh, check that his head. Team. I think he's got a tattoo on the back of it. So Jarvis Landry's just not getting the targets like he has before. You got to temper expectations. Not the red zone threat like you mentioned. So just dial it back with him. Devontae Parker has been hit or miss on a weekly basis, but he had one of the better games of his career. And you can just see his ability to get open uh, in that game and then make some big catches. So I think going forward, he's a guy who could make some plays because he was hot down the end of the stretch of last season. I think that something similar could happen to him again this year. I don't like it against the Rams, though. They're just a Especially the Rams at home. Yeah, they, they stifle you. They strangle you. They, just, they create the absolute most garbage game that you can imagine, and they, they really do suffocate fantasy points. And I think that Parker is a suffocating and frustrating guy to play, where it's just another one of those fellas where you, you start him and you're hopeful, you're wishful, and when you start him, it doesn't happen, and when he's on your bench, it does. And she's just one of those guys, and I think he's going to have a nice career. I like the way this team is gelling and, and moving forward, but ugh. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of worrisome about anyone other than Val Verde. Yes, I'm fine. 
Stag party. I'm not gonna say a word other than golf is starting. What do you want to What do you want to say about the Rams? Let's Let's breeze through this well, team. There's, there's, you got what? Your name Stag party. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Houdini was trying to be money other people a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. I'm gonna sit back and relax and enjoy the show and steal some of my bears. Go for it. <laughs> Mine are all gone. Sorry. <laughs> I took care of the sound guy Nigel for two. So fair enough. So uh, Todd Gurley. Doesn't look like a great matchup for him. We saw them sort of help hold Melvin Gordon. Miami's starting to play suffocating, ball control type of offense, keeping the ball away. So the thing is, I don't know what to expect of Jared Goff. Is he going to be better than Case Keenum? I mean, it really doesn't take much. But then the rest of the team, how's it going to affect? Does he like the deep throws with Kenny Britt? Or does he like maybe these quick screens to Tavon Austin, which he may be more accustomed to from his college days? Does he like uh, using the tight end position and getting Lance Kendrick to ball? I have no idea how it's going to shake out for any of their receivers and pass games weapons. So none of them are really starts for me. And if, I'm, if I have to pick one to start, it's going to be Kenny Britt because he's been the most consistent on a weekly basis. Don't you have to also be worried if you're a Britt owner who has picked him up recently and been able to ride this wave that he's been on, and now you start him, and it's it's a question mark because we don't know. There is no history on golf. The, the reasons that they weren't playing golf, as we were being told by Jeff Fisher, we are going to wait until he's ready. He's really not ready to be played yet. And they say he's not really ready now. Right, so, so it's, it's like they're forcing it out there, and, and coming off of a game, I know where Keenum didn't play great at all, but they won. They won without scoring a touchdown. Is it the second time they've done it this year? Third time. Third time. <laughs> they're, they're two their games are unbelievable. <laughs> it's the third time they haven't scored a touchdown. They're two and one in those games. Okay, for, so, so for second clarification. Win. Okay, second win with no touchdown. But yeah, all the passing game weapons, I don't think you could start. I'm not starting Jared Goff, even in two QB leagues. Uh, it's just not a good time. The only guy that's under consideration of starting is Todd Gurley, and I barely want to start him. He's maybe a flex. What about Britt? I'm, I, we, we like, already talked about Britt. Yeah, yeah. I know, but here's the only thing I'll say about Britt. I'm upset he didn't invite us, Pyro, to his all-star game promotion party. Do you guys hear about this one? No. He, is it only black threw, chicks allowed? Or white girls allowed? Sorry, only white board. girls allowed on on an army base. <laughs> he he basically had through a party to try and spike up his uh, all his, his Pro Bowl votes. <laughs> I love that guy. I really do. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I, I don't know about Brent. We have no history on Jared Goff and who he likes to throw to. To know if Britt's going to be the guy, or if it's going to be Tavon Austin, or maybe he likes the maybe he likes Brian Quick for some reason. We have no idea. Maybe he wants to throw a ton to Lance Kendricks, or he wants to throw a lot to his running backs. We don't know how he's going to distribute the ball. Question, and we'll move on to the next uh, matchup. Do you think Goff's going to be a bust? I have no idea. I just think that offensive line's so bad, and their offensive coordinator's so bad, and Jeff Fisher's so bad that it makes it real tough for me to trust them. I mean, Jeff Fisher sort of ruined quarterbacks. So you, um, uh, we're moving on quickly, but one of my favorite uh, Louis Mack, uh, his his Twitter uh, profile picture I've seen around other places. That whole five hundred. 
instead of 300 with Gerard Butler. It's uh, a picture of uh, uh, Fisher. Jeff, Jeff Fisher with a point five hundred. Pretty hilarious. By the way, my answer, Jared Goff, going to be a bad quarterback. You think so? Yeah. Trade up, huge trade up. Do you think he's going to be a bust? I, I, I just, you, you just, he doesn't, he doesn't have the look that he wants to be. A, he, he looks like a whole bag of nothing. Now, granted, Tom Brady looked like a whole bag of nothing when he was coming out too. But I'll reserve judgment until I see it. I have a feeling it's going to look atrocious. Tom Brady is a sixth rounder. This guy was first overall. Yeah, right. That's and a little they, bit different. They too. traded away the franchise. <laughs> the only reason that I've said this in the show, I think before the season started. I was worried with Goff the second that his draft day was sponsored by uh, finesse hair. <laughs> yeah. It was he was a finesse. His whole draft day sponsorship was by finesse hair products. I was like, hmm, this doesn't you know when he got ODB and that stupid hair he's got going on doing the the head and shoulders after after um, Troy Polamalu did it. That's a little different. Finesse. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next game, and that's the Patriots at the 49ers. Let's oh, you want to talk about the Patriots real quick? Let's yeah. see. It all depends on if Gronk's starting, but you're starting Tom Brady. You're starting Garrett Blunt. Brady's our number one quarterback this week. Well, Garrett far. Blunt's our number two running back. Yeah. Start him. David Johnson came away with two touchdowns, and if – you know, Garrett Blunt's able to do that. You're going to be, you know, just saying thank you, thank you. He's going to be chalk in cash games, chalk in DFS this week. He's going to be owned everywhere. The rest of the guys, Martellus Bennett, if Gronk is out, absolutely play Martellus Bennett. And you can even play him if he's in because he should be a guy who gets plenty of targets coming his way, especially with Chris Hogan a little bit banged up. Julian Edelman not doing as much, but Julian Edelman's – you could start anybody you want on the Patriots, and it's not a bad call. You have to start Tom Brady. I don't care. You have to start Tom Brady. Tom Brady is from. He's he grew, on the He grew up as a 49er fan. In all the years that he has been in New England, he missed out on the opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. It was going to be in Levi. He has never played in Candlestick. This is his first game in what... Uh, Santa Clara now. Well, right. Well, how many how many years has he been a quarterback now? This is uh, he started in uh, 17 years. This is the first time he's ever played in San Francisco. Northern California. Think about that. So, well, Oakland. He's had to. Oh no, no. I'm talking about San Francisco. He grew up as a 49ers fan. So he's going to be going home for this one. Guaranteed. The way that this has been like uh, screw you to the NFL every time he takes the field on this field. Against his home uh, growing up team, oh, he's gonna blow him up. Question I got for you guys: Deion Lewis, he they activate they active brought him onto the roster, and then he was inactive uh, for the game on on Sunday night. Uh, what do you expect out of him? I mean, it sounds like they he, he's obviously gonna be playing in this one, if, or they wouldn't have I, I think brought him on the on the roster. What are your What are your expectations? You still think it's? I think they might hold them out another week. Really? It's San Francisco. Yeah, why you need to rush? But the other thing is that you got to know what has James White done that has separated himself from anything. Does James White done anything to tell you that you don't want to go back to Deion Lewis and what you saw in the first half of last season? Not at all. Why are you hating on James White? James White's been very good. Well, we, Tom Brady loves James White. Well, we know that. We loves know. But he has been like he hasn't been like where I can. 
confidently start him as my running back. Two. You guys are both right. I think they probably sit him because it's the Niners. If it was a more, uh, you know, uh, opponent. You're playing the Raiders. You start Deion yeah. Lewis. Or so that's, that's, probably, that's probably a good call. But, again, I'll throw this out there. If Deion Lewis is available on your waiver wire, right. pick him up. Pick him up. And he might be. Um, Flipping over to the other yeah, side. Yeah, I mean, the Gronk, hopefully, his rib or chest, hole in the chest or hole in the rib, whatever it lung. is. Hardest hole in the rib. How do you get a hole in your hole rib? Hole lung. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm thinking about Carson. Rib. We were talking about Kansas City I need to get one more rib. Um, I was at some place. Uh, they, 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 there's a place in... Uh, on North Avenue, uh, right in River Forest, it's a barbecue joint. So it's like at um, on Thatcher Avenue, where it hits North Avenue, um, and they sell one rib for ninety nine cent. Really? Yeah, you can buy one rib. Oh my god, I would love to do that. I'd love to just buy four ribs right now for three ninety six. Um, good, good math. Thank God. You're That's welcome. the best math that I've done in a long time. I I, I taught myself my right brainness. Oh, I have a computer. No, no, no. I have to tell the story You're because crazy. it's it's one of the things that You're I always crazy. do. I try to drive them crazy. I give the pennies to the people when I go through the drive-through so I can get the you know the quarters back or whatever. It screws them up all the time. And a lot of times, fifty percent of the time, I make double the money back because they give me an extra. Money. Houdini drives everybody crazy. I, I hold on. I have one more thing to say on Facebook the other week. You and an interaction with you and your sister on Facebook. You like that, huh? Oh, you like the It was like Houdini and his sister is like me and Houdini. Houdini's <laughs> got the same relationship with everyone. He drives everyone nuts. But we love him so much. And he's so <laughs> he's so real. But like seeing this interaction, I'm like, oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sis. This is like I thought I was well, the I was, only one. I was, I was not in the wrong on that. I reposted a No post. one said you're in the wrong. You're just Houdini. Oh. <laughs> you're just Houdini. You're in the right, buddy. Sam All right, let's go over to the Niners. So Carlos Hyde didn't look great coming back off his injury. We'll see if he looks any better against the Patriots. He's not a guy I'm dying to start, but this could be a game where he just gets in for a short touchdown after this team. I mean... The 49ers are going to have to score points to keep up with the Patriots, and that's it. So I sort of like Colin Kaepernick as a garbage-time quarterback to where he might just rush for 70, 80 yards and throw for 200, score a touchdown, and he'll probably have a turnover. But the front seven of the Patriots sort of got exposed last week uh, against Seattle, so I'm looking forward to Colin Kaepernick a little bit, and he's an interesting option for the rest of the season. Because of that running, because you're not going to get into the passing. As long as you, if you do a combined yardage league, stay away from Colin Kaepernick. He's not giving you any bonus. If you're in a standard league where those rushing yards are huge, he is going to give you a big bonus. And especially because you talked about what, what Stagpart just mentioned, the biggest issue that the, the Patriots have, especially after they shipped away Jamie Collins, they're not putting any pressure on any quarterback. So if he has time and, and all that, he'll be able to run run crazy. And the other guy that has been a sneaky play is Vance McDonald. Yeah. Well, the one thing I loved seeing was the Collinsworth-Bill Simmons uh, little Twitter battle. We that saw that. That's pretty hilarious where during the uh, Sunday night game, 
uh, the sports guy said, will someone tell Collinsworth that the reason why their offensive line looks so good is because the front seven on the Patriots so bad? Jet, he said gently. And then Collinsworth goes, will someone, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll listen to you break it down gently on your hit show. And he, <laughs> de- and he deleted it. I love, I love seeing that kind of shit. Here's the last thing I'll say. Kaepernick, I test the throws, he's making them. He last well, he always makes the, the power throw, the speed throw. There's no touch. It's the, the in the pocket throw, no pressure. I'm just saying I watch I watched a oh, lot okay. of their games last year, and you're just like, this is the worst quarterback, throwing quarterback in the history of starting quarterbacks. This year, he's making it. There's sometimes a wide receiver, the player's gotta make a nice catch, but it's there. But, so, but do you, you add the though? running? I, I don't love the guy, but add the running and the fact that he's actually putting the ball where it needs to be. I agree with you on Kaepernick. It's a nice play. I mean, is he doing any? Is he? He's, he's not a. He's not a top. You know, fourteen. He's probably a top thirteen play at, at the position, maybe. If but you're, if you're screwed at quarterback and need that play with his running ability, and if he scores a rushing touchdown, you, you, you've gotten the points you needed. Because he's kind of putting the ball on target this year, which is something he wasn't doing before. All right, we're going to move on to the next game. But before we do so, let's uh, listen to this. All right, the Eagles at the Seahawks. This is an interesting one. This is the last of the late afternoon games, like Stag Party said earlier in the show. Those are These are some sweet games in the afternoon. You know, you're, you're a little more... Uh, you're a little I more, don't know if I agree with you this week. Really? Dolphins, Rams, Patriots, 49ers is going to be a blowout. Dolphins, Rams does not excite me to watch Jared Goff. And the Eagles, Seahawks is this is the most intriguing game of the afternoon. I agree. I was trying to I was trying to help out the league. They need they need no. You give me three games. You give me like last week. You give me Arizona versus. Uh, I bet you Arizona. that I bet you that Patriots, 49ers game will be better than you think. But hope so. But just because people, a lot of these games are give up games. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't bet with me anymore. You I'll guys, bet right now. You guys say I don't pay. What makes it a good game? One shot it. Nice. Let's go. Eagles. Let's start with that. Eagles. Uh, I don't want to play any of the Eagles against Seattle in Seattle. Uh, particularly Carson Wentz. You know, he just hasn't been throwing for touchdowns recently. They, they want to run the ball so much that Turning into full Andy Reid style, we're gonna give the touchdowns to all the running backs. Except, unfortunately, on a weekly basis, I can't tell you which running backs going to get them. So it sucks a little bit. Uh, Ryan Matthews is he now the guy? <laughs> a crazy train? Sorry about that. Is he now the guy? Is Darren Sproles now the guy? Sproles didn't look like the guy this week. I mean, Smallwood. Smallwood had some real impressive runs. You know, Kenyon Barber is in there too. Listen, know. I'll be honest. This team was the last. We thought the best thing that could have ever happened to this team was them having the first week bye week. It has turned out, in my opinion, for yeah. the Eagles, to be the worst thing. They would be so much better if they had the bye week now because they they just were dominating so hard. And then the bye week came. And got uh, not golf. Sorry, Pennsylvania uh, has come. Flying down to earth. Now they've totally had to change their whole game. It's 
it's a whole, it's a tale of two seasons. Yeah, you know what? The problem is right now with Wentz, and especially in this matchup, it's horrible. This is this is just god awful of a matchup when you're going against Seattle's defense at in Seattle, especially because they have they still have the bridle harnesses on Wentz. They're not just really opening things up. They're they're really keeping everything. We're going to try to keep your mistake free. We're going to try to manage it. We're going to try to let our defense do what it needs to do. And we're going to, and that's why when they get in the red zone, they're trying to limit the amount of mistakes that he makes, which also limits the amount of production he can give you. And the guy who is just ridiculous at, at, at every time he touches the ball, he's like the Chris Carter of running backs. It's Ryan Matthews. This guy just, he comes in and boom, in the red zone, 10 yards, give him three carries, he's going to get a touchdown. Yeah, Ryan Matthews. If we knew he's going to be the starter, he'd be a decent play this week. But I think I'd rather play Darren Sproles in a game where they might have to run the check down, and might have to run quick, hurry up offense. Uh, but it's going. To, who's more likely to score a touchdown? It's always going to be Ryan Matthews. Uh, Smallwood, I I don't think is under consideration at least this week. Just the way that they're distributing snaps sucks. Jordan Matthews is the only receiver that you should consider starting there. And Nelson Aguilar is a fucking bum. If he tells me again about why his chops don't matter and then drops fourth and ones that are conversions uh, to extend drives and third down conversions and continues dropping those passes and then tells me drops don't matter, I'm going to lose. I'm going to pull up my fucking hair. How do well? Don't pull out your hair because I did that one time with a different player, <laughs> and it, it doesn't grow back. <laughs> but what? What kind of fucking NFL player? This is your job. This is your career. This is your profession. Would ever say, "Oh my drops, they just don't matter." Fuck off. A player that's not going to be in this league for long. Jesus, Algalar, uh, you're out. All right, let's go on to the Seahawks. you're out. Shut let's up. hit up Ertz real quick. <laughs> Holly Algar was, uh, was what I was saying. Oh, Algar. Remember, did you ever go to Algar's in uh, Highwood back yeah, in the day? Yeah, I used to bang. <laughs> oh, hey. Bang one of the girls. Zach Ertz, <laughs> over the last two weeks, has seen 15 targets, uh, you know, over 150 receiving yards on 14 catches. So this is a guy who is now re-entering the fantasy goodness section of you know, the league. And if, if you've got worse options at tight ends, you know, Ertz is a guy to pick up now to maybe see that stretch run he had last season. I picked, him up, I picked him up three weeks ago for that in two different leagues. And he didn't have a good game this week, but he, he, he did good. Depends on your league. Yeah. I mean, two weeks ago, he didn't. If it's real PPR, nice. he had 11.5 points. So it depends. I think he's but always going to be I'm better I'm on board. I'm saying I'm on board. Ertz was on was was left left for picking up dead. Yeah. Uh, how about Seattle? Oh, Seattle's back. I, the thing that here's the thing that I'm most interested in with Seattle is the running backs. See, Christy Michael has been starting to fall out of favor. Uh, uh, cut. Oh is, that, oh, is that official now? Cut today. Uh, oh, today I missed it. Oh shit! Cut him. I'm going. I'm going. Look, CJ Procise getting all these carries. We knew that Thomas Rawls was coming back. Cut him an hour before the show. Started. Wow, well, that is amazing. I got my buddy, uh, great story. We were just having a conversation about uh, Christine Michael. He traded Christine Michael like two weeks ago. I can't remember who he got, but it was like whatever he got now. Holla! You just stole money from I my buddy. I had Christine Michael as a sell. 
Michael, Michael's, I saw him rolling his eyes a couple times in that game on Sunday night. And he showed him, and he's like, and you just know, it's like, this ain't a locker room, guys. Like, I'm, I don't have an opportunity. Fuck this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm pro-size. Rawls coming back. Let's go on to the flip side of it. Michael's gone. Probably not going to get So is Rawls back this week? Yeah, I think so. Rawls they were back. He was supposed to be back last week. They're practicing as if he's going to play with Thomas Rawls this week. In my estimation, Thomas Rawls will get a lot of early down work. But players coming off of injuries always struggle. C.J. Procise is the play this week. Yeah. Thomas Rawls will probably be the goal linebacker. We saw C.J. Procise get hammered there. You know, if he had a little more you know, weight room strength, maybe he scores that short touchdown. But Rawls... Probably the goal line back, early down back, CJ Procise, change of pace, third down back. Sort of what we thought it would be at the beginning of the season before the awakening happened. And also, kind of seemed like Procise was what maybe we had thought potentially Lockett was going to be over. He, that catch he was making and lining him up on the, on the flank. He, he he used to be a wide receiver. He seems to be legit. That guy, they're going to get him the ball. Well, when you think, about, and think about it perfectly, right? He fits in perfectly with Rawls. Rawls, you going to catch a pass? Hell no. I mean, he was better at that start of the season. Yeah, but, but you don't want to. not great. It's you don't want to count on him strength. because that's, he's he's that in, in the in the, in the, uh, in the tackle runner that you want to put up in the middle. You want to use him in the red zone to pound away. But Procise is that guy that you can implement Kind of all over the field. You can make him your Darren, uh, Darren Sproles-ish. A you know just multifaceted. Give you more options. I think in this game, I agree. I think Rawls will give him some op- give him some opportunities. Say, hey, let's give you some gameplay. Get you back. Drop drop you back into the mix. But nothing much is going to happen. But oh, good times. It's another guy. I picked him up in two leagues two weeks ago. Ahead of the game, foreshadowing style and. If he's available, grab him because now the drop Christine Michael, and I don't think it's going to be this week, but I think moving forward they're going to ease into that playoff mode where they're like, hey, this ain't pro size. We're not, we're not going to be all of a sudden a, um, have a Riddick running back. And you're going to, and you definitely know that Rawls can play in between the tackles. Yeah. And you also know that Rawls has not taken any of the beating this year, so you yeah. got a fresh legs coming in if you want to be able to pound him. For 25 carries in the game, you can do that just because of what you have. So, uh, but the thing is, Rawls runs to contact, yeah. and he he had a, what fractured bone in his fibula because of it. So, something he's gonna have to work on. He's gonna have to work at avoiding tackles instead of trying be being the bowling ball and creating beast quake point two. Well, they call him Little Beast Mode, but he's yeah. little. But I love these guys. I love these guys like him, built like him. When they come back and they're coming in at the end of the year, look at what C.J. Anderson, how he had that strong end to uh, that, that season two years ago. Uh, Tim Hightower coming in fresh legs, how he powered through defenses last year. I love these tough nosed runners beating up on defensive guys that have been beat up all year and they're fresh. All right. We moving on? Yeah. No, we still got to talk right. about Jimmy Graham and all the receivers do. and yeah, we everybody else. You, you do it. You, you shut do it. up. I'm done. I'll so, shut up. So you Russell Wilson. Shut up. I'll shut up. Russell Wilson looked to get it back a little bit last week. He's looking more mobile. Can move around in the pocket a little more. 
You know, it just means great things. CJ Procise stability as a receiver is only going to add to his game. So I, I'm liking Russell Wilson a lot this week, uh, despite the tough matchup against the Eagles. Uh, I think he's more of a back end QB one than one of the top QBs this week. Definitely going down the stretch, he's going to be one of the guys who, if somebody had to drop them. Great things for Russell Wilson. Jimmy Graham's an every week starter at tight end. Been one of the most consistent guys at the position. Nice to see him sort of come yeah, back. Come back. Yeah, great in general. And then the receivers. We saw Doug Baldwin find the end zone again three times. Is he going to find the end zone again three times a game for the rest of the season? No, probably not. But can I say that? With absolute certainty after, after what he did last year? After what he did last year? And more so now that we're seeing Russell buying that time. And yeah. that, that last touchdown was just a, a, a pure product of Russell building a seven-second pocket. Let's also remember, how hurt was Russell Wilson through the first half of this season? Yeah. Now he's finally getting back to more healthy. So there you go. Yeah, uh, and Tyler Lockett got a little bit more involved in that game. Caught some nice passes, caught a couple over the shoulder for some you know good yardage. So he's got to monitor Jermaine Curse and Jermaine Curse and Jermaine Curse is going to give you Jermaine Curse type games. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Hey, all right, Curse, Curse. Let's was, that, was that like Jermaine Curse like from back on the Portland yeah, Trailblazers? Yeah, Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Kersey rebounding on a missed. Um, uh, he was. He was. It, it was. He Robinson three pointer. Number twenty five uh, for them, if I'm not mistaken. I like that guy. He was uh, good. Was it Jerome Kersey or was it? Yeah, I don't know. I loved him though. But I remember him on that when Clyde Drexler. Man, hey, Drex. throw it down, man. Woo. All right, we're going to Sunday football night in America, and this is right, right? They didn't. They haven't changed this one, didn't they? Didn't they move this around? The flex game? Is this the first of the flex matchups? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they actually moved this one to another game. It doesn't matter. Um, we're going to go. I think it was maybe the Patriots. Or no, there, were, there was a team that they moved on. Yeah, they flexed, they, they flexed someone else into this. I'm not going to look at it right now because it doesn't matter because we're not going to go back. Oh, we got to cover, cover, cover this uh, game. So. But it's the Packers at the Redskins. Are um, are going to be the uh, that game? It's not that game. It's Eagles and Seahawks. They switched. Oh, yeah, they won Eagles and Seahawks. I'm okay. pretty sure in that one, but it doesn't matter. We already covered that. So flip this one back to four, and it's Packers at Redskins. We'll start with the Packers. Uh, this team just record-wise isn't doing it, but it seems like fantasy-wise they're starting to click on all cylinders. Um, Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, you play Aaron Rodgers. Yes. That's pretty much it. It doesn't really matter who else is there because Aaron Rodgers is going to be forced to throw the ball. It, it just means good things, it do, especially when you're an Aaron Rodgers owner and you don't have to worry about who he's throwing it to, whether it's Randall Cobb, whether it's Jordy Nelson, whether it's Devontae Adams, whether it's Ty Montgomery on some plays, or whether it's James Starks on some plays. It doesn't matter if you're an Aaron Rodgers owner. Uh, let's look at the other pieces. James Starks got back involved. We saw him play a majority of the snaps at the running back position. Consider him... You know, a low-end RB2 on a weekly basis. And if he can get back healthy and do the things he was able to do towards the latter part of last season, he's going to be a guy who could, you know, have a lot of fantasy value down the stretch. 
they're going to have to run the ball some more. Ty Montgomery, they, we saw them totally limit him again. If that's going to be a continuing thing where they only want to give him 20, 25, 30 snaps a game, it's going to be tough uh, for him to establish enough fantasy value. Uh, I, I think he's more of like a wide receiver five, running back four right now. He's, he's a tough play. He's maybe a flex at best, and it's sort of a desperation flex. Devontae Adams is a stud right is he, now. Is, is, he, is he a season winner? Is he like a league winner for people this year? He, you know what? Devontae Adams is a guy who was dropped early in leagues. People who picked him up. Yeah, because you, you're able to start him. Pretty much you're, you're getting him just Boku points for no cost to you. So, yeah, because he didn't, he, you didn't have to take a Devontae Adams at the cost of losing a T.Y. Hilton or at the cost of losing a Mike Evans or anything like that. So... Yeah, he's just a complete bonus to the teams that have him. Well, there was, he, he's, he's killing it, and there was an awesome retweet by Evan Silva on just the way his numbers this year uh, compared to what he was doing last year, and it's it's just remarkable. No one had more friggin' drops, uh, drops oh. and more bad plays happening last year, and then all of a sudden what he's doing this year is just a whole different deal. Devontae Adams, this is a retweet that we did of Evan Silva, one of our mates. We, we go out and drink with him every once in a while and hang out and talk fantasy with that nut job. We love you, buddy. He's awesome. He's in, in, kind of in the vicinity, but he's a madman over at Road World. But his stat is Devontae Adams has set a 73% catch rate, 9.1 yards per target average, and five TDs over his last seven games. Last year, he had a 53% catch, percent catch rate. 5.1 yards per target and one TD. Yeah, that just kind of sums it up. Now, better day to you for your good action lately, Devontae Adams. Let's recap. Last night, we lost my car, we accepted stolen money from a transsexual stripper, and now some space nerds want us to find something we can't pronounce. I hate to say it, Chester, but maybe we should cut back on the shivian. Yeah, and Randall Cobb, on the other hand, uh, he's sort of been limited the last couple weeks. They're limiting his amount of snaps. Uh, we'll see if he's able to get back in the full flow. Because if he does, it's going to mean good things. Because Jordy Nelson's most likely going to get the Josh Norman treatment. People in the slot have been destroying Washington. So I like Cobb a lot this week. I like Adams a lot this week. Jordy, I think she get downgraded a little bit with Norman on him. But here, I think Jordy's still an absolute must-start just because he's getting a boatload of targets. He's the first read in the red zone, and the rate he is scoring at is so insane. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's all the players we have to talk about on Green Bay. Yeah, let's move on to Washington. So the Packers' defense has been one that has been kind of pretty thrilling to play against lately, I would have to say. So they're a funnel defense. So are we funneling and, and going hard after Kirk Cousins this week at home? Uh, I would figure. I, I also would really. If this isn't a you like that game from Kirk Cousins, I will be sorely depressed. Meaning, meaning you're all in on Cousins? I guess this defense, this, the this way it's been going, yeah. When I heard funnel, I was thinking gravity bumps. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The funnel part of it is they stop opposing runs, run defenses, and they allow, you know, pass, pass, pass. 
So, Kirk Cousins, Jordan Reed, Jamison Crowder, Jamison Crowder. Yeah, Crowder's a guy that I Vernon Davis. Nerdin Davis. I've I've had Jamison Crowder score so many points on my bench this year in one of my leagues. Like I just he's gotta get in my lineup this week. I just and I gotta guess get what's him. gonna happen from what we've heard. He'll get zero points. Yeah. Not my fault. Just <laughs> keep him on, on your bench, let him score points for other people. Yeah. You, you see gotta be the fantasy uh gotta be the fantasy Grinch or uh no. Gooch? The Goocher? Am I the Goocher? We gotta think of a better name for this. Yeah. You just gotta take a bullet for the team, sort of. Yeah, you're kind of. Yeah, you're like the. Uh, I'm the Grinch that stole your fantasy season. No, <laughs> you're actually the opposite. You're more like a voodoo, voodoo fantasy doll. <laughs> yeah, well, I did play the voodoo with the bamboos two weeks ago, so. Good point. All right. Um, anything else that we got Jam- there? On- I mean, James. Uh, I guess Rob Kelly. Kelly. Matt Jones was Help inactive. Stretch. So that's going to be something to monitor. How often does that play out? Can I apologize? Can I apologize to everyone? Matt Jones, I was high on him. I thought he was going to pull it all together. I, I took him ahead of, I think, DeMarco Murray in one league. And still got DeMarco Murray. But that's <laughs> how high I was on this guy and his opportunity. I'm sorry. I let you down. A lot of you guys ridiculed me. A lot of you, And you're right. I make great calls, I make bad calls, but I but I live by it, and I uh, I definitely have Rob Kelly in all those leagues, though. Yeah. And it looks like he could, just short of 100 yards. We'll yeah, see. but he wasn't great in that game. He had one big Agreed. run. Agreed. To, I mean, there was times late in the game where he's being used. He wasn't awesome. Like, he was Not good. awesome at all. He was good, serviceable. Chris Thompson fumbled in that game. He pretty much got benched. Yep. So that's something to consider. Is Rob Kelly going to see that many snaps on a regular basis? Is he going to see that many carries on a regular basis? Or are they going to give Chris Thompson more uh, of the touches when he's not fumbling? But but you got to love the fact that Coach Gruden said today, Jones is a healthy scratch game this week. He basically said it today. Yeah, I mean, until he does something to prove us wrong, he's the guy you got to start, but this is a tough matchup. Green Bay shuts down bad opposing running backs when they face the cream of the crop style runners. Yeah, they give it up. But when they face mediocre run games, they just shut them down and force them to pass. So I'm expecting more of an aerial assault out of the Washington Redskins. I don't really want to start Rob Kelly. But all the passing game weapons, they're even saying Deshaun Jackson could be, you know, back in the lineup, but I don't think it matters. Well, let's, let's, let me make a point here about the Deshaun Jackson because it, it does make a difference for one player. That's Pierre Garçon. When Deshaun Jackson is not in the lineup, Pierre Garçon gets targeted a lot more and becomes a much more effective receiver. When Deshaun Jackson's in the game, Pierre Garçon becomes that three for 40, not worth playing. I think they need to get rid of Deshaun Jackson. I think Garcon's garbage in general. I like him so much more than Deshaun Jackson, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. just a matter of when Deshaun's not there, he just they don't have anybody else that can be that outside receiver, so yeah. he gets gets the targets. Yeah. I like I like Crowder. Uh, quick question um, in this one. <sighs> I forgot it. <laughs> 
Let's uh, well, let's move to the last yeah, game. Let's move. We, do we have anything else to say? Well, I think we covered. Start most. Jordan Reed. Start Jamison Crowder. You could even potentially start. Would anyone start Jamison Crowder? <laughs> hey, I remember what I was going to say. Is basically the only reason why I have Kelly and I'm not so high and I'm thinking he's going to be a great player for Jones. But I'm in fantasy football. Well, that. But I'm in leagues that we need to play rookies, and he, oh. it's better to have him on my bench. Than in somebody else's starting line. Absolutely. All right. Next uh, game, and this is the Monday night game, our last matchup. And uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna keep this thing on in three hours. I was, I was worried about that. And, and and then. And then. And then. The thing is with Rob Kelly. You don't know what that is, but stay tuned at the end of this podcast after the music for and then. And then. The, the thing is, Rob Kelly, every single one of his games until week seventeen is a red-rated rush defense. So, if you haven't had your bye week and somebody's a believer, sell, I told you to sell Rob Kelly a couple weeks ago along with Matt Jones before the bye. So, maybe you did it, maybe you didn't. Tough, tough strength of schedule down the stretch. Good to know. Stay party, let's do this. 83, (laughs) which is Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football at 8.30. Um, Texans are at the Raiders. And you know where they're really at? They're playing in Mexico. Oh, is this the Mexico game? They're playing for the first time ever in Mexico. And I'm sure everyone's going to be welcoming all the Americans post... What? What are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Dag Party. I just like to get Party a little bit of a problem. He's like, all of a sudden he started twitching. Like, no, no, no. I was lifting I wallets. I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that motion was. I think you were going to go political. I wasn't going to do it. But I like it. All right, lift them all. Amen. Amen. I, I, the, uh, the other thing is that before the, this game, the, the, before the players can play, they all have to jump a 10-foot wall. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hello. The only movie I'm going to watch before I watch this uh, Monday Night Football game is, the game is Man on Fire. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Mexico City. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see I'm gonna see man, people getting kidnapped. I don't know. All of a sudden it's like, all right, game time. And Derek Carr has been kidnapped. We have called in Denzel Washington and... You don't know the movie. No, I haven't seen it. I liked it. I what? No, I haven't seen it. Houdini, sick is that movie? Houdini, this is one of the best, best movies I've ever seen. It, no. Best movies ever. ever. Like, if that is, you guys talk about how a movie's on pay-per-view or cable. Like, if Man on Fire is on, I watch. And I'm a huge, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, just a huge fan of, uh, I'm spacing name right now. I'm an idiot. Uh, Denzel? Or? No, Denzel, obviously, but the director, um... Oh, who is that? Yeah. I don't know. It's I'll find out. It's a guy who did aliens and all, not aliens, uh, alien. Um, an alien. Oh, uh, um, the first one? The, uh, the, uh, Tony uh, Scott. Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking all That's his movie. Okay. Oh, this movie, you will love it. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Because I'm on, when I said Mexico, I'm, I'm going to James Taylor. Whoa. Greasy. Mexico. Greasy. <laughs> So I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> Creasy gotcha. One of the baddest, yeah, I'm a, I'm baddest characters ever. You'll love it. I'm gonna check it out. Alright, Texans, let's start there. Osweiler. Meh. <laughs> In this matchup, can you do anything? Osweiler 
I mean, it's a great matchup against the Raiders, but Osweiler on the road, and I think Mexico City's pretty much going to qualify as a road game. I'm not sure. <laughs> but pretty sure. Pretty sure it's a road game. He sucks. So, I, I don't trust him. I mean, there's, I, I don't care how bad the Raiders are. I can't trust him. That, and that's all it comes down to. He threw for 99 yards on what? Like that, third, was last, third, that was the last outing? 30 passes? 99 yards? Something ridiculous uh, like that? Two-time bitch slap uh, player, Lamar Miller. Yeah. He's a two-timer. You're not, you're not putting on not any big games. It. Nothing. You're not getting any of that production everyone was expecting out of him. Uh, being able to be going up against... Uh, what six games against the division that he just terrorized for for so many? Years. He's not done it. It just hasn't happened. And Andre Hopkins, Hopkins was picked before AJ Green was picked be, before I would I wanted to say before Adrian Peterson. Uh, but in a lot of Adrian, DeAndre Hopkins was a, was like a four to six first round pick. Yep, that is bust city right now. Yeah, yeah. And the th- yeah, he could get back going, but the quarterback too little, I don't too late. Trust him. It's too little, too late. You've got him most likely. If he gets going, you're, you're probably. Don't already, you have all the signs of just the anemic offense, right? You have you have names of guys that these guys should all be better than they are. You got this guy Lamar Miller. You have you know Osweiler. Okay, fine. He's he's the uh, the the outlier, but Lamar Miller. DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, the way that he started out the season. You had guys here that would make this offense a very intriguing fantasy-producing offense, and it's just been uh, meh, blah, whatever you want to say. You just you have gotten a bag of dicks out of this offense. People have been psyched about CJ Fedora hat, and like you said, he's an Iowa guy. He's a blocker. And it doesn't matter. He he's there's. I feel like he's very Kelsey-esque. He's, there's been a lot of opportunities where he's been open and had opportunities to make plays. There's just Osweiler can't get him the ball. That team's in disarray. My tummy needs a bellbird. Well, that was a weak one. Yeah. Dude, what does mine say? So weak. What about mine, dude? What does mine say? So, Lamar Miller was on the bitch slap for installment two? Yeah. Really? He's averaging 15 fantasy points a game in the last four games. Oh, weeks five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Oh, then it's even better. (laughs) Then he's averaging 14 fantasy points a game. Was he in there? Hold on, hold on. No, there's no way he would have been in there if it wasn't legit. Well, he had a... Uh, 149 He might have been a first-timer only. I'm not saying he was a two-timer. I, 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 <laughs> I, I did say that, but I read it But I read it once. <laughs> as I was putting it up. Don't count on me. Late in the show. Lamar I'm, Miller. Actually, we got to kind of breeze so, through this last game. So, so Lamar Miller. No, no. Lamar Miller. No, no. Okay. You want to... You Five... I gotta see. If, I gotta see. I gotta see if I actually put him in there because I, he may. He may have. You might have been only a first. Thirty fantasy was, points in week six. Six point seven in week seven and twelve point three in week eight. Like cut the guy some slack because he's running back twelve on the season. He hasn't been awful. He hasn't been an ROI value. That's for sure. 
Well, but, but isn't he also the guy that was taken as a number, as a top six pick oh, yeah. in leagues? So I'm sorry if you're a top six pick in leagues and you're only averaging 11 points per week, bitch slap. Yeah. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? 11? You're supposed to be. How many players in the league are averaging 11 fantasy points per game right now? 30? I bet a lot more Sorry. are averaging than him in that in that period. So let's see if, if he had Lamar Miller. Okay, so Lamar, here I'll, I'll read you my bitch slap on Lamar. You had a huge game in Week Six with 178 total yards and two touchdowns. Your total for Weeks Five, Seven, and Eight were a paltry 154 total yards with one touchdown. So you were very highly drafted this season. They have very seriously underperformed. Your owners can't bench you because of your potential. I know this because I am one. So I'm going to do the only thing I can do, which is drop back and lay the hammer on you with this bitch slap. That's an owner bitch slap. No, 154 yards in one touchdown in three weeks is not number one running back credentials for a guy that was drafted that high. Yeah, you had the one big week. You put all your fantasy points in that one basket. You fucked me in three other weeks in that stanza. So I no. respect that owner bitch slap. And you got it as well. I know you're a, a well-rounded, if it's all the, the pieces of the puzzle, but if you drafted the, if you drafted Lamar Miller... Oh, I own Lamar Miller. I haven't been mad. So my point is you this. Been don't mad. look at the no. fantasy points. Because the fantasy points, look at the yards. And I'll tell you what. I did. The only reason I why I pulled Lamar be Miller into it, because when I, I do the big slap, I pull out the stats for those periods... He was down in 28 to 32 scoring points of running backs. So you know what? There were a hell of a lot more running backs and did a hell of a lot more than he did in those four weeks. Especially considering he was top five. Doesn't matter. Hey, this is why we people love our show. We don't <laughs> all agree on everything. Especially when it's two hours here. and 46 minutes and we're getting and six well, years that, in. Well, that's why we need to move over to the Raiders. I, I think we've done the Texans. I mean, Will Fuller, hamstring injury. We don't know if we'll see him again. CJ Fedorowicz. Uh, you know, consistently getting targeted. The other guy, Ryan Griffin, is the guy who scored last week, and that's what makes it a little tough. But yeah, I, I can't trust any of these guys because of Brock Osweiler, and it all comes back to that. So I'm pushing DeAndre Hopkins down to like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, and we'll see how that happens because now he's going to go off. All right, nice. Let's go to the Raiders side, and then let's close this out with the cars. Last song, and let's do it. I got nothing to say. Amen. I'm done. I'm shutting up. Amen. I, yeah, then that. Then that. You guys talk. I'm done. Amen. So, Derek Carr against the Texans, not the greatest matchup. It's not the greatest matchup for any of their receivers. But last week, A.J. Boye, who was pulled football for this top-graded corner on the season, was scratched. So that means Allen Robinson... Had an extremely favorable cornerback matchup. If it happens again, you can fire up Amari Cooper. You can fire up Michael Crabtree without hesitation. You're going to do it anyway because they just came off by week. Latavius Murray, not necessarily a great matchup for him. But he's still more. Latavius, though, because here's. Again, I'm an, I'm an owner of Latavius. Don't bring up that one fucking game. No, that's the thing. I traded him before that game and. I'm like, oh, well, figure so he puts up this, this type of game. But there is no way, the way that I have watched everything that they have done with him throughout the entire season, that I can feel any confidence that you could have that huge game and then this will be a seven carries for 17 yards with two catches for 12 and a lot of Jalen Richard, Richard and, and, and uh, Washington. Here's the thing. New rules. New rules. When, when 
Latavius Murray's name's brought up. I just shut You're not allowed to date him. Okay, I won't hate him. I, I mean, look, I was happy for him that he did great that last game, but it's like that's the type of production he should be giving you on a weekly basis. Not gonna happen. But in, in that offense, he has the best chance to. Okay, here's the reason why. Ever since he came back from injury, yeah. he has seen what 18, 11, and 20 carries in every in, in those games. So 50 carries in three games. They saw that these other guys weren't capable of carrying a workload and are only good as change of place player. That gives him a, a greater established workload every single game. So now you're expecting him to be in the 15 to 18 touch game. That makes him a running back two on a weekly basis. He's got eight touchdowns on the season. Three of those came in one week, but he also has a two touchdown week. Started the season with three straight uh, one touchdown games. He's yeah. scoring. He's their guy they like to go to no most doubt. often in the red zone. No so it, they let Latavius Murray run in the red zone, and then they'll throw a pass to Crabtree, and then they'll look Cooper's way, stop, and throw to Seth Roberts because that's what Derek Carr does. But Latavius Murray is an established RB2 from now on. I, I Seeing the, these other guys fail when he was out with that turf toe injury, there's further supplants that he needs to be the guy to carry the ball for them. Yeah, the only, only worry that I have, turf toe sometimes come back. You know, it's just, he's also been one of these guys who just hasn't proven that he's able to play amazingly well through injury. So, I agree it's with not, you, though. Not, I agree always, with you, though. It's always the same fucking argument. But, the, but, but even even still, it's like, I hope he's getting the 15 to, 18, to the 18 touches. But the problem is that they, they kind of still like to just blend in all three. It would be more understandable if it's like, okay, we got Latavius Murray. Even when he would have like the big first quarter and a big 22-yard touchdown run, he's got four carries for 44 yards, and then he doesn't see the ball again for like a quarter and a half. You gotta separate. All right, you guys got it. When he was injured, okay. You guys asked me to manage the show, and I tried to and said, "Shut up." Tried to, but it ain't gonna work. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what do we got on the wide receiver and uh, tight end? Start Amari Cooper, start Michael Crabtree, and don't think about starting Clive Wolford or Seth Roberts. All right, I'm gonna say, you, you try to control us. I refuse to let us go down in history as the dudes who destroyed the universe. I don't want that to happen. That's you every time that we're doing this podcast. I agree. I, I, I just, I agree. I you just, refuse. Let's, let's move on. Are we done? We're done. Yeah. Okay. How are that love? It's only 10, 20. I'm going to get the show up and be in bed by midnight. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys. No more pyro promos. We just love you. Thank you for listening to us. We had a, a great stand-in person that was helping us out figure out our audio earlier. So we had a, a, a sound engineer for the first 40 minutes kind of check out our setting here. And that was awesome uh, because we are going to type our, our game. game up. Yeah, yeah we're going to up our game. We're going to up our equipment. And the setting is the setting. We've looked into other opportunities of having different studios and going here, going there, different rooms. And just at the end of the day, we do our best thing here. So we we had we brought in a guy and we're fired up. So in the next couple of weeks, he's going to give us kind of a, an audit of what we need to buy and what we need to do. And our sound, we're going to up this shit up. We know we deliver the goo. We're going to deliver the uh, more high fi quality sound on top of it. 
Regardless, we know you've been with us through thick and thin. If you're new to us, hopefully you like what we're spitting out and dropping the knowledge, giving you the fantasy goo. Check out the Pyro Podcast Light by Mo on Friday. That's it. It's week 11. Stick with us. Let's bring this thing home. It's a dream away. It's a dream away. By the cards. Stag Party, love you. Houdini, love you. D-Rex, out.
Let me know. Yeah, I'd like to place an order. Um, what'd you like? Yeah, I'd like uh, three orders of garlic chicken. I'm done. And then three orders of white rice. I'm done. And then... Oh, hey, you guys want soup? Sure. sure. Yeah, three orders of uh, wonton soup. I'm done. Oh, uh, some fortune cookies, too. I'm done. Uh, I think that's about it. And then? No, that's it. And then? No, and then. I, I, that's, that's all I want. And then? <laughs> and then, and then I'm, and then I'm, then nothing else because I'm done ordering, okay? And then? Uh, uh, no, no. See, all, all I want is the three orders of the garlic chicken and the three orders of the white rice. And then? And the soup, dude. Oh, and, and the wonton soup. And then? And the cookie's fortune. Hey, and the, and the fortune cookies, yeah. So it's just the, uh, it's the... The chicken, the rice, the soup, and the fortune cookies, and that's it. And then... <laughs> and then, uh, you can put it in a brown paper bag and come put it in my hand, because I'm ready to eat. And then... I refuse to play your Chinese food mind games. And then... No! No and then! And then... No and then! No and then! No and then! No and then! No, no, and then. You're gonna start to piss me off, lady. And then <laughs> I'm gonna come in there and I'm gonna put my foot in your ass if you say and then again.